1: Comics 2.0. I'm Derek. I'm Colby. And we talk comics sometimes. And I just want to get out of the way right now. I want to dispel a, a possible rumor that has been uh, has been going around the internet. We have not uh, sold out to Substack. We are not uh, moving our podcast to a newsletter format for a year. No matter how much money they pillory us with, we uh, we're going to stick with uh, with well, Spotify hold on, hold with YouTube. On a,
2: yeah, hold on a minute. Now. <laughs> If they if they come at us not even five hundred thousand dollars they come at us with fifty grand you can buy us I'm not gonna lie
1: that's fair that's
2: Substack fair. you want us to record only for you <laughs> you got it I don't get I'm not too I'm not too proud right now
1: I'll. ripped from the headlines so uh, before before we get into the topic at hand hi hello yeah. it has been a bit
2: it has I'm uh, training camp's over so get ready for more of us talking a lot more because I'm done doing my intense training for at least a little while and we have time again, which is weird. I've gone from busy schedule nonstop to the past like two and a half weeks, just having nothing but time to kill, which is a bizarre feeling.
1: I can only imagine. And believe us when we say we really thought we were going to be able to keep some kind of normal schedule when, uh, Colby got accepted into, into class. It yeah. was really, that was the plan. Plans get derailed. Um, and i didn't want to push anything because i know how hard colby was pushing himself but now that uh, now that we're both a little bit more free and a little bit more regular we are going to put out as many episodes as possible uh in as short a time as possible we've already decided uh this episode will probably go up on wednesday question mark yeah probably and then I think so. sometime this weekend you're going to be getting the long-awaited okay. respawn where we cover spawn issue 100 uh very much looking forward to that Our Reread issue one hundred today, and oh my god, such a great book!
2: Which uh, great timing too. Uh, we'll just you know we'll start with this news a little bit here. Came out that uh, King Spawn is uh, sold around five in hundred thousand pre-orders, which is fucking bonkers.
1: I don't know how that's the case, and I uh, say that it, it is nice the way possible. I don't know how that's the case. I'm happy for McFarley. I'm happy for the brand. I'm happy for the comic. I'm happy for all the people working on that book.
2: I don't know how that happened. I, look, the, I will never not be shocked that you know, over the past three months, the, well, fuck, the past, so far in 2020, the top two selling books are the final issue of Donny Cates and Stegman's Venom Run and Spawn's Universe, which is not what I, and they both were over like four or five hundred thousand, which is still like mind boggingly crazy to me even a huge fan of both Venom and Spawn specifically the current runs that is not something I saw and so when King Spawn was already around 500,000 look yes they're doing variants they're doing gimmicks they're doing some crazy shit but at the same time in this modern era that is just a fuck you level of numbers that no one it
1: is, its It's ridiculous and again I'm, I'm saying that as someone who is <laughs> a fan of, of all of these things of the franchise yeah. of the characters of the creators um, it's fucking nuts I don't, and I don't know how he's pulling in those numbers. So, I'm, I'm thrilled but I, I don't know.
2: To put it in preference the big super like 1 out of 250 variant that is uh, signed by him and numbered originally was like rumored to be like you know like a lot of one of 250 like a pretty really low limited run of like two, you know like 500 issues or some shit uh he signed him and the final number count for the first run is like uh 1697 something like that good god which i was because people were selling people were selling in like comic shops like my local comic shop that i love awesome books comics that i love were selling like you know, get every cover, and we guarantee you'll get the signed cover for like eight hundred bucks. And people were fucking buying it like crazy, which that also blew my mind. Like, I love Spawn, but yeah. Eight, co- like I have McFarlane's signature on a lot of things. I don't need, I don't need that variant cover right now. Uh, right. So, but anyway, yeah. That, I mean, that's happening. They also announced a new rider for the Spawn movie, which means really nothing. Uh, to be honest like I'm look, I, I going
1: to start talking about the Spawn movie The same way I talked about the New Mutants movie I will believe there is a new Spawn movie When I am sitting in the theater With my popcorn and my soda And the end credits are rolling on the screen
2: Yeah, at this rate I, Who the fuck knows on that one That is just a whole nother level of crazy But uh, yeah, Spawn 500,000 units Which Again, I'll say this I, I, Of course, that's one of the few books I did pre-order physically I, I'm stoked for, I am I am surprised at King Spawn in particular, because out of all the newer books, like, yes, that's like the big one, but I didn't think it'd have that much
1: hype. Well, it is, that, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, Spawn is the Al Simmons Spawn book, right?
2: It is, it is focused on that, and I don't know how it's going to be different than the ongoing Spawn, but the ongoing right. Spawn is continuing. Uh, so there's a lot of questions to be answered, but... Uh, all we know is the least for now. They're making fucking money. You know, I say the movie may not happen. Fuck it. With cell numbers like that, uh, fuck. It. Who knows that act, that well, actually is a big enough no, number to make a difference.
1: It's not that I don't think the movie's going to happen. <laughs> it's that the movie? The movie still hasn't happened. Yeah. Regardless of so so much and so many attempts at it happening. So I'm I'm we'll I'm see. not skeptical of the film. I'm skeptical or the the film getting released. I'm, I'm just. I refuse to, to celebrate any new information at this point until something more concrete happens uh, vis-a-vis filmmaking.
2: To continue on with some news, we'll start with the not-so-mixed news, I'll say. We'll start with the more just, I think, very positive. DC announced today a partnership with Webtoons, which for those out there who do not know, uh, which, look, I love the comic readers. You're my people, but I guarantee a lot of you probably, for whatever reason, don't know what Webtoons is. Webtoons... Uh, is a service in essentially started off as people make you know their own creations you can read online, very much manga-influenced manga style uh, that has grown to crazy high numbers. Uh, I'm talking about like they get like in the millions and millions and millions of monthly readers. Uh, countless numbers of some of the biggest anime out today have been based on those properties, spun out from those properties, stuff like God of High School, Tower of God, things like that. Uh, I didn't know that. It is a possible huge, huge way for DC to get a a very thriving young audience that wants that kind of content, but <laughs> looks at comics as I'm sorry, but they look at comics as shit for old heads, and they or they look at it for shit that are like weirdos that don't understand them. Right. It, it, I'm excited because this could be that bridge that we've been looking for for a minute of how do you take people who love manga, people who love anime, people who love things that are so similar to comics, and how do you bring them over? And this is one of those things to do. they are comics,
1: they're just not American
2: Exactly, exactly. Well, and I think that's a distinction that we, all of us need to start making, because I've never understood how a lot of comic people look at manga and a lot of manga people look at comics, because like I said, (laughs) at the end of the day, they are the same thing. At the end of the day, you're talking about... Storytelling through art, and that's it. You're talking about you're talking about visual storytelling at a, at a great, incredible, amazing form that is shock, you know shockingly similar, but for some reason that crossover is not as big as it should be.
1: Both mediums, and I, I really hate to, to both sides. What this? But both com, both comics and manga have their uh, superiority yeah. uh, fans people who absolutely believe that Western comics are superior to manga in every single way, and manga fans who believe that manga is superior to comics in every single way. Both of them have been showing their asses quite a lot on Twitter in the last couple weeks, and it has been kind of exhausting.
2: Yeah, no, there's, as with everyone in the current age, especially on Twitter, I feel like it's been a non-stop. Yeah, both have these very negative outsides, but at the core of it, there is a large number, for how I look at it, there's a large number of kids, especially webtoons, which attract a younger audience, because again, it's a webcam, are a lot of people that don't physically read manga, don't physically read comics, they yes. don't they don't physically buy, they don't digitally buy, but they uh, read a crazy amount, and right. kind of like uh, another project I'm like to about the Batman World Project, which I, there are definitely negatives we can talk about of how much DC is getting back to like the House of Bat. However, yes. having so many worldwide creators on a project the fact that DC right now is trying to do something through like their Fortnite project, like a few other things. I was
1: gonna say Fortnite, the the Batman Fortnite ended up being very very positive. I yeah. feel like uh, in, ter- in terms of uh, outreach to to gamers, and also in terms of just story. <coughs> I'm gonna say I, I, I'm gonna admit right now I didn't read it myself, but mm-hmm. the people I know who did read it actually had a really good time with it. Yeah, um, and also just I wish. That-
2: for me, for me, one of the big things, we've talked a lot, a lot about the biggest way a lot of people get into comics is not comics. It's not even movies. A lot of times, it's this weird crossover where people start reading comics because, man, I was a big fan of this uh, game when I was growing up. I was a big fan of this cartoon when I was growing up, and it stuck with me, and I had to feed more of this characters. Love it or yeah, hate I was it?
1: say, a lot of people of my age got into comics because of the X-Men cartoon. Yeah. I mean... Let's be completely fucking honest here.
0: Yeah. Or
1: or the Ninja Turtle action figures in cartoon, which yeah. is the other thing I have to... I'm contractually obligated to mention because I'm me.
2: <laughs> and love it or hate it, with the amount of people playing Fortnite, just the fact that they constantly see Superman, they constantly see Wonder Woman, they see Bloodsport, they see Harley Quinn, they see Joker, they want those skins, they buy those skins, whatever their level of enjoyment or... Playing what that might be the fact that and i hate using the term brand recognition but for this i will the fact that brand recognition continues to go up and that they can now not only understand these characters and not and not only see these characters as something they want to be a part of but when they go out from that fortnite world and they see them on a comic cover they see them on in a webtoon it's a way for them to get hooked on these characters and get hooked in this art form that they may not otherwise and i look at I look especially that at Ultimate Positive, because love it or hate it, it is a way to get younger readers in, and that's something, especially comics, desperately needs, that I don't feel like enough, sadly, like enough, specifically comic shop owners, for some reason, don't target or talk about. It's like, we need young... I,
1: think, I feel like, and, and I say this as someone who has, you know, deep, deep... Feelings and thoughts about uh, comic shops, and especially my own personal LCS and, and the outreach that oh, my, yes. my LCS I, does. Star I Comics like is a lot of, great on that. Yes, but I, I, I feel like a lot of a lot of comic shops and a lot of comic retailers have given up on outreach. I mean, outside yeah. of you know what, whatever Free Comic Book Day promotional a uh, store uh, decides to do. And man, can we talk about how Free Comic Book Day came and went, and basically nobody noticed. So
2: also. <laughs> Marvel and DC just gave up on free comics this year. Uh, when, I, when I
1: said nobody noticed, I meant the companies putting out the free comics.
2: Yeah, I was going to say. They, they didn't say a goddamn thing. My fa- my two favorite free comics, one was a vi- the Viz Media sampler, and one was the Captain Harlock, which I think was just a reprint of its first issue, just because I didn't know that comic existed, and now I've been reading through it. And that's, like, about it. Everything else was... I mean, for fuck's sake, Marvel's biggest book was what was supposed to come out last year.
1: Was it the Spider-Man book?
2: Yeah, which, uh, again, sets up shit for Venom 36.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I picked that up digitally. Um... I uh, I wanted to get the Avengers one because it had a Chip Zdarsky Hulk story in it, mm-hmm. but I ultimately just decided not to not to bother going to the comic book store. I didn't want to I didn't want to make it any more stressful on uh, my LCS. Yeah. The thing is, my LCS is also doing a uh, free comic book month. They're mm-hmm. trying to. Uh, actually, spread it out throughout the month and make it a little bit easier on everybody. So they're they're putting out the more mature readers' titles uh, on Wednesdays when oh. their normal people are there, and then the more kid friendly titles on Saturday. Now, the big Avengers book did come out on Free Comic Book Day, but when I went in last Wednesday, I got the uh, Christopher Priest Vampirella story. Oh yeah, and the uh, the Blue Haven book, which I thought my wife might enjoy. Nice. Um, so yeah, and that's that's really kind of where I'm concentrating my my Free Comic Book Day. Uh, energy. I'm hoping, and I understand if they don't, because it's a little bit more expensive, I really hope that my comic book store gets the, uh, the 2000 AD yeah. uh, free comic book day offering, but oh, I, yeah. again, totally understand if they don't. But yeah, my uh, so free comic book day isn't for me anymore. I've, and uh, if it ever was, to be honest, yeah. and I'm kind of glad that uh, Marvel and DC, well, not necessarily DC, but it definitely feels like they're moving away from using free comic book day to launch big stories. Having said that, I did download the uh, digital Batman Free Comic Book Day, which does set up the uh, the Fear City or whatever the shit, the new uh, Scarecrow stories, which again, kind of going back to the reference we made earlier, kind of fascinates me that uh, DC is really shouting and trumpeting uh, James Tinian's uh, what was next is now last
0: mm-hmm.
1: Batman story arc because Tynan Tinian is leaving Batman to uh, be exclusive to Substack, which also, okay, one thing I do want to point out, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know how you feel about this. I don't know if it's something even worth talking about. It does seem kind of crazy to me that all of the major creators who have signed up with Substack kind of all at the same time came to the conclusion, oh man, Twitter sucks. Social media is awful. Yeah. I'm just not going to be here in this toxic environment anymore. Follow me on this newsletter that I'm creating that's funded, that uh, gives money to alt-right and transphobic people but also well, so, it, it's me so yeah, yeah.
2: It's a, well it's that's weird gray, that's not such a weird gray area where it's so hard to define where you like you said when it's an open platform for not open but a platform that they seek out people with big audiences just to send mm-hmm. newsletters to it's that it is that weird one where it's like man i what you know i, I cuz i don't know how i feel about it cuz you're right where it's like well they have people that again you know put out shit that's horrible and awful and they have shit that put, put out people like me that will enjoy. And they have the p- other shit. And I don't know how I feel because that weird, like, there's not a direct going from, like, you know, Tinian's money is not going directly to this person, but because they're connected but still
1: exactly yeah that's that's again something that i feel like is important and i know i keep harping on it i've said this two or three times before you even started recording the fact is the first year that a person has a substack newsletter substack gets 90 percent of their profits so yes you can you can say that no i my the money that i'm making off substack is not going to fund these voices but 90 percent of your first year is yeah. and tynan's opinion i keep Trying to figure out how to pronounce the guy's name. James Tinian, guy that's writing back. Tinian, it's like Tiny it, Onion. Tiny Onion, t- Tinian. Yes, yeah. thank you. Um, he keeps, he's already making noises like he's got the year in and out. And the reason so many of these creators are going for at least a year of Substack, the rumor has it. Um, Five to six hundred thousand dollars for the for a one year contract to work at Substack and put out content. Oh, yeah. Literally put out a newsletter. Uh, Tunneyan says has said said in his uh, exit from Twitter. Uh, Free newsletter Mm -hmm. You know I don't even have to make He doesn't even have to make Comics content All he has to do Is he could do uh, A year of Newsletter recipes Mm -hmm. And would be Fulfilling the terms Of his contract The thing is Substack doesn't own Anything he creates either And apparently And this is something You and I actually had A a lot of uh, supposition about His first uh, His first year Of Batman Was hell Because they kept Things kept changing Under 5G So Mm -hmm. the reason His first Batman story Reads so weird is because he was desperately trying to figure out how to write with all the, the editorial changes going on.
2: Which does make a lot more sense, because again, he is one of the best writers in the game right now, and the fact that the Bat Book was the only one that was suffering it definitely said that mm-hmm. there was some weird shit going on.
1: Uh, there's Also, so also many... I have a confession. Yeah. Just real quick, I did not like Nice House on the Lake Number One. I feel Ooh. like I'm in the. I'm like the only person on the planet who did not enjoy that book, but I read yeah. it twice, and it just it did nothing for me. I um, Please, please go ahead.
2: I was gonna say, and there's also this other element of the Substack, but many of them are still putting out these books, uh, you know, in some kind of physical form to mm. other companies later too. And that will be. We also have the other the well, other supposedly. side of that.
1: They, they haven't actually. There's there's not a there's yet to be a, a a full confirmation that the books are going to see a physical print in the future.
2: Uh yeah no, uh, but again there's a uh, there's so many so many things going because you also have like Snyder and Best Jacket Press, which are doing this other route of going through comiXology, and then months later putting out the physical form through Dark Horse. Uh, you have
1: uh, right, which honestly seems like a more healthy um, uh, distribution model. Basically, I heard someone, or I saw someone on Twitter recently, refer to as uh, Substack as Patreon, but with more transphobia. And I can't help but feel like that that definitely rings true. Well, that's, that,
2: it's an interesting note, though, because on Patreon, how many people? How many patrons out there are like that? Produce stuff are probably producing really horrible shit too.
1: Right, but there, there's also when you're on Patreon, and say, "Hey, the money you give me as a patron is not going to these other these hateful voices." I feel like that's a much clearer and more reasonable statement to make on Patreon than it is on something like Substack. Yeah. Well I, I mean, how big a cut is? How big a cut is Patreon getting? Uh, I, I'm asking because I genuinely don't know. Yeah, I don't. I,
2: I honestly don't know entirely. I know they get a cut. I don't. I don't know, and I don't know, yeah, I don't know, I don't know enough about their inner work to really go into it. I'd have to, because, I, I, again, I think distribution model-wise, I don't, I don't love the newsletter format. It does feel weird that that's becoming, like, the way they're going it for it. I don't hate it either, but it does feel like one of the weirder things to focus on.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: but that. Being and I think said, that's
1: what—that's really what it comes down to—is it's—it's very strange. The and where—where where does this? And uh, here's my conspiracy brain kicking in. Where is this company getting the money to give? These at least let's let's say, I feel like there's about six big name creators, Snyder, and— uh, Zadarski, well, there's another uh, m- majorly like, queer, queer creator, Jonathan Hickman. So let's, let's let's say five creators, each one getting half a million dollars to have uh, to guarantee a one year subscription to Substack. How how is Substack going to make two and a half three million dollars back? Yeah, I don't. It's, it's, it's the question mark between underpants and profit, you know.
2: Yeah, I don't, well, I mean, I think it depends too, because you have all the different, again, so much being like Patreon, we have different tiers, because, like, they go up, like, I think, like, a uh, good one, like, Kate's and Stegman, I think their bottom tier is, like, $8, it goes up, to like, what, $300 or so?
1: Jesus, okay, I, I honestly, I'm going to say right now, I honestly did not know that, and also, Jesus Christ!
2: Well, it's one of those things where I think at 300 you get, like, like every variant cover that they have plus all the digital stuff plus like a sketch from Ryan Stegman and shit like that. You have... I, I think a lot of people are looking at it, at it as a way as a much more... Again, I've so I have theorized this for a long time. This is a problem with Substack because again, with the company being this company, because mm-hmm. I've talked about for a long time that I think at some point people are going to cut out the middleman, Diamond, or cut out the distribution and this goes straight to from Creator... To reader. It goes directly to them without any interference. And I think this is, again, I think the problem is Substack was the only people really doing anything like that. Right. And I've been a champion for they, years. They,
1: they made they made that push first. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a fair that's fair. And you have. You have been talking about that for years on this show and, and in our private conversations. And I always I've always it's never it's not that I doubted you, but I have always been like, Okay, what does that look like? Because I don't we are. I don't understand the shape of that. You're and you're absolutely right. Here we are. This is what it looks like. It's an alt right platform throwing money at creators to and again James Sunyan and at least one other major creator who have taken these these jobs are queer creators yeah. on an all-right uh, trans unfriendly website. But also, if they're ser- if they're seriously getting something like half a billion dollars and health care in a biz- in a business where previously they couldn't get a free subscription to the digital site to do research for the books they were writing for the company I, I can't. I can't poo poo poo. Drop the call. What was the last thing you heard? From uh,
2: me? I don't even know. Hold on. <laughs> we about come back. We'll just kick back in Substack. Yeah, going into how uh, if the creators are making that money. Because we should say to start off the the big the core issue for those who don't know a Substack, we haven't really addressed this either. Substack is very hands off in their approach in basically every way with what gets put out. And that is, but again, that's the ultimate problem with with being that open. Is yeah, you get the good, and you get really bad too. So it's like to clear up anyone out there. It's like I, I guess we should say for any before anybody leaves weird comments. Like I have no clue the, the people who run Substack, the people who are actually the workers there, their personal beliefs or anything. I just again, very very hands off company.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
2: all. And, and,
1: and has allowed uh, a lot of um, not progressive voices. Yeah. Well, know, uh, to I to. think
2: so. To be fair, we talked about again. This goes back to so we talked too. Is the problem is because like when you have like Twitter, Facebook, all when a lot you know kicked off a lot of those voices, and Subsex mm-hmm. being like having the hard and fast rule of you know very hands off. A lot of those creators just went to that. Went to them because they had infrastructure already set up, and they were similar to why a lot of comic con—the the infrastructure's already there, they're hands-off, they're not having to deal with editors, they're not having to deal with anything else, and again, just that freedom right. creates an environment where you can create whatever you want, both good and bad, but uh, just to add a little aster there before anybody, I can already hear people bitching at us for that, to at least include that little sub-note there before, uh, So mostly so we don't have to type it. <laughs> Right, <laughs> uh, but going back to yeah, you were talking about how the fact that the creators, if they're getting paid, if they're getting any kind, of, especially if they're getting any kind of benefits, how that that alone in the current comic climate puts such a high mark for them that I can't, I can see why so many people are jumping that way.
1: Yeah, and again, it's, it's uh, you're, you're talking about a creator who is going to be able to eat and pay rent and not worry about health care for a
2: year. Oh, and. I don't know if we mentioned this. One of the big things was that caused all this was when they caught when Di- and going back to fucking Diamond. When yeah. Diamond turned off the it basically turned off the distribution system uh, back last year, mm-hmm. a lot of creators lost a lot of money out of nowhere because they just comics stopped. Or people already forgot, but in 2020, comics just stopped coming out for three, two and a half, three months. Yeah, that means a lot of money wasn't happening. A lot of people weren't getting paid. A lot of promises weren't being kept, so those creators went to find something else. And again, like I've been bitching about for years, there was only like two companies that had an infrastructure that was set up to be direct-to-consumer, because DC, Marvel, none of them ever did it. Even Image didn't do it. Comic shops ignored it and scoffed it off, and that's kind of the problem is, Substack was the only thing with that infrastructure. Right. And i that's where I'm kind of, kind of like... You, could latch on a little bit what you were saying there even though I missed a lot of it it's like the fact that they have the infrastructure that means also means they have the money to pay and that a lot of people right now in comics don't have that yeah but again I, I, I just I keep looking at the uh, the steel underpants uh profit we're in this. Is, we're looking
1: at the uh oh, yeah. they're they're acquiring a lot of comics creators who are absolutely going to be creating content but how is that content going to generate profit Uh do but apparently yeah. that's the plan. And it's just, it's, 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 it's worrisome for, I, I feel like it's worrisome for the industry, but also I don't think, uh, I don't think comics are going to be destroyed by this. I have a friend of mine texted me, Subsex is going to destroy comics. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, I don't think that's actually the case, but it is going to irrevocably change oh. comics. Probably not for the better. Also, I feel like uh, we just had a person join us, so I'm just going to shout out. Hi, Daniel, and hope that it actually gets to somebody.
3: What's up, Punker? How are hey. you doing? What I like cashed in my money in the bank cause to join this call now. Yeah,
2: huh? That's right. <laughs> We're all here. That's right. Surprise. Uh, Surprise, I'm everybody. Actually, I'm just actually here for the title of uh, Derek's
1: chair. That's all <laughs> I'm here for. Take it back. I, just, the the belongs. I do have a very comfortable chair that I'm sitting in right now. I want to imagine, like, I can't see the rafters, like, staying in
3: this pops in that way. So,
1: uh. that's the way it is. I, I, well, just, I imagine you coming in and, and delivering um, stunners
2: to everybody. Oh, yeah, I would. <laughs> uh, for anyone listening, this is my lovely co host of Dangerous Humans, Daniel. He is here uh, because this is a secret reunion show that no one knew was coming.
1: It's not even us we weren't even entirely sure we could pull this off but yeah, we really really wanted to, to kick off the, the return to podcasting by having uh, all three of the, the major uh, blah blah people here. I don't know we don't really have a network so much you know we used to be we used to be on the Night nerd and um, anymore it's just the three three disparate podcasts all of which Colby is on. So I guess the Colby network uh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. But uh, Dale, I'm glad to see you, I'm glad to hear you, good to have you. Uh, we have been talking That's about what? the oddity of Substack. Oh uh, sick, We haven't gotten to my topic of the night I want to talk
2: about nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about Substack. I don't fully understand what it is. That's uh, the other thing. The it's like what is a newsletter in, in the twenty first century? Really I used to <laughs> newsletter? My shop does one, but, like, that's because it's my shop being like, yo, guys, buy these
1: books. And I'm like, cool, sounds good, guys. But outside of that, I don't understand. Is it, like, the picture of, like, a newspaper would be? Like, that's, that's all I can picture in my head. Yeah, yeah I kind of feel like it, it must be something like, like um, well, like, like Webtoons or, you know, some sort of other, of, uh, other uh, not not your traditional digital comics output. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. I think exactly. I, I think that's essentially what it is, but again, I don't I don't know. I'm, I I, wish I would I wasn't going to do it, but again, because of today's announcements of Cates and segment, I I wasn't going to do the Snyder one because he's also doing Comicsology, but Cates uh, and <laughs> segment I might have to do.
1: I I may uh, we'll, we'll talk more about this, but if, if uh, the X Men ends up going the way I'm afraid it's going, I might uh, my, I might be I might be getting on the uh, the Snyder Comicsology train unless unless his stuff ends up day and date on Comicsology Unlimited because if if uh, if I end up dropping a whole bunch of comics, I'll probably just go ahead and get a Comics Unlimited subscription, Comicsology Unlimited subscription, and uh, just become one of those uh, digital comics bums everybody talks about. (laughs) I mean, it's like your rifle story arc of your life as a comic fan,
2: Derek, to become that guy all of a sudden, Uh, isn't it? I mean, I'm 40 years old. I've been doing this since I was (laughs) seven. Dude, get. Be prepared to have a lot of free space in your house. <laughs> well, that's the thing well, is, I'm still gonna still buy all the Audubus. Audubus. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: exactly right. I'm gonna buy every It's gonna be like Audubus for impossible bed, he's gonna be like, "Oh hell yeah, let's go!" <laughs> Don't uh, tempt me. I'm very much sober right now. By the way, I just want to warn everybody that I'm not just fully blasted from work. So
2: <laughs> that's fair. It's, we wouldn't have any other way, Daniel. We got to be all here. In yeah. some form uh, or fashion, uh, you know. You mentioned it. Why the fuck not? That's kind. Of, that's probably. Cause we don't. I don't know if we have anything in Subsec. We we know it's going to change things. I don't think any of us know how, or what.
1: It, it, I, I am. I am really looking forward to. Well, not that's a, that's not the right phrase. I am very curious to what the conversation is going to be a year from now. Getting back into the industry that they they're familiar with, because again, I, I know I keep harping on it, but uh, Tanyan has definitely made noise like this is a one year and out job for him. So I'm so so curious what uh, what is going to co- end up coming next after Substack. What what his plans are if he has. Plans.
2: I I know and I, I This is what's weird because I do have his uh, his monthly newsletter <laughs> already, and I know we, like wind and a lot of stuff are still happening. And there's a lot of a lot of things still going on. But I think a lot of people are looking at kind of how we are, where they're gonna you know basically give it a good amount of time to see what happens and see if it's got a long term strength over the current industry but again like you mentioned if they're getting paid what they say they're getting paid and for tall accounts from Snyder from Tiny and from a lot of people it doesn't like the inciting incident was last year's comic shutdown by Diamond that was the inciting incident to and the fact that they, and, you
1: know, I hadn't heard that but it makes so much sense yeah. it really does
2: the fact that they basically got their livelihood taken away for three months completely out of their control and out of their company's control just because of the distribution model
3: call
2: Oh uh, no Oh there he is He's back Oh man I don't know what's going on Hang on let me uh, I'll switch off of I'll switch hey, off a of Wi-Fi like maybe, that, maybe that's what's going on right here I'll switch from Wi-Fi To something else And see what's going my, on My computer's been Being
1: kind of shitty too So I was I was genuinely afraid It was me
2: No, nah, that's probably I don't know what's going on here my, my. That was my phone earlier too That was messing up So here I'll Okay I'll move over here And see if this helps Helps things out Okay it wouldn't be a true reunion show for us without having a litany of technical issues.
1: Massive technical issues, absolutely. That's. I am surprised we still have fans. Honestly, we have fans. Uh, I think. Believe it or not, there there are people that listen to us. Um, I have a I have a coworker. worker uh, I'm gonna just go ahead and give him a shout out right now. Uh, Randy, Randy Wallace. Uh, is a, is a. A uh, good friend of mine. We uh, have lunch at work on occasion, and he listens to my podcast, and I have no idea why. But Randy, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's very much appreciated.
2: Yes, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, we mentioned it, and again, uh, with Hickman being on uh, Substack, we may as well talk about it because this will probably is definitely the main topic. And while, <sighs> while we're all three here for sure, before technical difficulties get uh, out of control, to make sure we talk about mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah, so. It looks to all accounts, unless Marvel and Entertainment Weekly and Hickman himself and everyone involved is doing a giant work, it does appear that Inferno is going to be Hickman's finale to his two-year X-Men run, which is... Three a three, three year?
3: It'll be three years by the time it's all over. I did the math at work today. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: Um, he has not... This is what's like crazy. What? So in three years, a man's put out, what... House, of, wow. House, Powers, and was it 20 issues?
1: 21 issues of X-Men, um, and then wow, uh, wow, the wow. Four, four issues of Empire X-Men. Uh, he wrote all of the giant size X-Men, so that's another, what, six issues, eight issues? Um, I mean, 30, 40 comics, but he's, he's, he's he has been the, the godfather of the X-Men line for, yeah, minus, minus COVID uh, months, roughly 3 years by the time it's over. And admittedly, something that every single person on this call has talked about is how inferno felt like it was it was probably going to end up being the end of the story. But that was never reported until today by Entertainment Weekly that that was indeed the case. And even Entertainment Weekly in the article was like, so uh, we just learned this and we already had an article ready to go where we were talking to all the creators. So we're just going to go ahead and run that and also um, look at that article in light of this most recent news. Okay, goodbye. And then even Gary Duggan tweeted, it was like kind of bummed that I learned that Hickman was leaving the books from this Entertainment Weekly tweet. So what is – what is What is that?
0: Uh, how,
1: how if if you're Marvel? How are you reacting to that news? Because I feel like Hickman just really dropped a smoke bomb and ran out of the room.
2: What? Yeah, that. Well, and he he's talked about that he has another giant Marvel story he's telling, but it's also I I'm just gonna be honest. If in, unless Inferno was like the greatest X event of all time, I, this entire run is one of the most bizarre eras of x-men period like i'm glad i had direction i'm glad he codfathered it but at the same time looking back at other eras this one just feels i don't know what the point is
1: that's my fear that's my fear is that and again um i don't know if we can lay it at the feet of substack he definitely went all in on his uh three worlds three boons. Like imprint that he immediately whipped up for Substack. Uh, I know Al Ewing did some world building, though. Apparently, Al Ewing is not at least at the moment uh, on Substack, which thank God, because if Al Ewing went to Substack, I would actually have a Substack subscription. <laughs> but everybody, everybody's got their line, man. Yeah. Um, but but it is it does feel like if, if 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 Inferno really is the end, it's gonna end up being a truncated story, and I don't think i think it was that was uh, daniel you and i have talked about this a lot in text okay I I feel, my feeling has been inferno is the two-thirds of the way through the story at turn, exactly. leading That's to the third about act turn so we were in like the halfway point to the last major chunk of his run so right and then and then we're getting the the rug pulled out from under us on this and yeah i'm i i have been honestly i've I have had a bad day to begin with. Sorry, guys. Same here. But, uh, but same here. I, that that broke my heart. That really, I spent the back. You know, when I learned that, I got really upset. I don't think I don't think we're going to get a satisfying conclusion, and it's going to prove all of his nastiest critics right. And that that burns because I feel like there's so much story potential that has been realized, and yet so much more story potential that could be realized in the Gregorovitch <laughs> era that. That might not – I mean it still could. I have a lot of faith in Gary Duggan if he sticks around. But who knows? We don't know at this point. We have yeah. no clue at this point.
2: Dude, yeah, I, I have no clue. Like, I, I So for me, I know I've been more critical than you two of, of Hickman as a whole on the X-Men run. But at the same time, I, for mostly for the same reason because House and Powers laid the groundwork for so much potential. And those first like six issues – kept laying that groundwork and it felt like we spent the next 10 issues after that also laying groundwork <laughs> and we never really got to the point where things started clicking and coming together. Like, we we got, you know, bits and pieces. And honestly, it was also weird because most of the bits and pieces of things coming together didn't happen in Hicks, Hickman's X-Men. It
3: right. was like, we're sort of...
2: Yeah. Which... Here's the other weird thing is I don't know how the fuck you can read Hickman's X-Men right now as it stands, like issues 1 through 20, because it does feel so scattershot without the rest of the books. The
1: Marvel's putting out a Hickman omnibus, and it is just his X-Men run, and I think it might it might include his giant sizes, and... My, my uh my artist Derek, want he, he's gonna get it because he buys all the major x-men omnibuses yeah. but i'm like i don't I, I'm, I'm with you i'm like how do you read this as a coherent narrative and the thing is you can't you've got to read x-men the same way you read age of apocalypse which is you've got to you've got to figure out where or or um a slightly more uh recent reference, uh, Grant Morrison's uh, Seven Soldiers. Yeah. You have to figure out where the puzzle pieces connect and read it as an overarching story because otherwise it's not a satisfying story. And I do not regret the the money, time, blood, sweat, and treasure that I've put into reading and collecting the, X, the Hickman X-Men era. I loved, I've loved it. I've treasured it. But I, I'm sad to see it go because I personally do not feel like this is where it was supposed to end. It, it does feel very, like, I don't want to say shortcoming, but
3: like out of nowhere. There's a yeah. word here, I just can't place it for where we're at. Because I generally was. Abrupt. Just, you. Yeah, that's, it, that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> it's on top of my head. I can't figure it out. But yeah, it's very abrupt. Because um, I generally was like, all right, cool, Re Inferno, probably drop the main X-Men book. Sorry, Derek. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Re Hickman X-Men miniseries goes on next. And now I'm like, all right, I can literally stop reading X Men in December between Trial Magneto and Inferno
2: now. Mm -hmm. Because trial literally starts tomorrow as we report. Yeah.
1: And um Whatever happened to that Moira X book that we were promised. Oh or Hick- Hickman was supposed to do a Moira book that I assume was going to at least give us some clue as to how Moira ties into all this. And I mean, yeah, we're gonna I figure we're gonna get the Moira M C confrontation in Inferno. That seems to be the major plot point. But I Moira mean I would I really would have liked to see what Moira's been up to all the time. I'm so sorry, man. Oh. This is
3: basically the Moria book now. Inferno. way the solicits are reading. I read solicits, I'm not sure about you or Derek. on it. Yeah. I am not a uh, solicits reader. The way they read it, kind of seems like that could
1: be where the Moria story goes. So okay. Well, at opinion. least we're getting some kind of resolution. But again, I just everything feels
2: so truncated. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And it's it's also very weird that we had Duggan's like not relaunch, but his number one and number two come out. I am maybe number 3 before inferno starts which also feels like it feels like the next era has started before the previous one's over which also feels very Watch weird
1: which is, again, why I didn't think Inferno was the end because it felt like Dugan's stuff should be like a nice counterbalance sorbet yeah. to to, to the, the rougher, more militaristic Krakoan era. And, yeah, instead it feels like, nope, this, is, this was the plan. This is the plan to move the book along. And I like what they're doing with it because it's doing a really good job of um, – Bridging Krakoa and the Marvel Universe And making it more of a cohesive whole I really like that But I like it because it is Acting as a counterbalance To the more militant Krakoa stuff yeah. And without without Hickman There to, to keep I don't know. Maybe I'm, giving too, maybe I'm giving Hickman too much credit. Maybe I'm giving him too much uh, – maybe I have too much faith in him as, as, as the guiding hand behind this. But I don't know if Marvel is going to allow the Cohen era to go on in its current form without some – you know, without the 100-pound gorilla that is Jonathan Hickman in the room saying so. I mean we saw uh, – I don't know if you guys remember, but the issue – After the final issue of Here Comes Tomorrow of Uncanny X-Men from Chris Claremont completely dismissed everything Grant Morrison did in new X-Men. And they they came back around to it a few years later and have slowly incorporated all that mythology back into the X-Books and it is now heralded as one of the all-time great X-Men runs. But when it first ended, holy shit Marvel could not bury that fast enough. There was a shallow grave out back behind uh, the bullpen. Well, even though, and that, and they they stuff Grant Morrison's run into it
2: to a to a lesser degree. Even kind of the Jason Aaron and era of X Men with every like Wolverine, the and X Men, and what Mender was doing. The moment like all the weird Fox Marvel stuff started happening, so much of what was set up in there just eroded within within a year. The X books went from extremely strong with great talent to great talent not allowed to tell x stories while reading while writing x-men
1: well you gotta remember there was also the bendis era in there and bendis had a very very mm. a, a very very strong idea of what he wanted to do with with cyclops and with i guess the, the young uh, yeah. x-men but that destroyed the gene gray school
2: yeah i was about to say i guess that's and kind of what you're right i guess i kind of lumped them together in my head unfairly but it's true because yeah it was bendis because right after when bendis took over when i stopped reading because like not, it's nowhere near as bad as that one, but the first, like, two or three, because I read the first two Bendis issues, and it is so drastically different in tone, in writing, in, like you said, in in kind of taking away the status quo, but not necessarily in a good or worse way, but just, in like a, a different way, where if you were a fan of that, it did kind of ostracize you to the point of, that's why I stopped reading for a while, and then when I tried to pick back up was when Lemire was there, but that was by the time, you know, they... We're really downhill with the that Fox
1: shit. Really, yeah. Mm, the Lemire run. <laughs> yeah, dude. Star? I I read every single issue of that garbage, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be mean and say garbage. I, I'm gonna. I just want to counterbalance that. I do have the sweet. I'm looking at the Sweet Tooth compendium right now. Oh, yeah. So it's not that I'm not a fan of Lemire, but uh, his X-Men run was what broke call it call it editorial interference call it call it what you will it was garbage
2: yeah oh, it well, broke that whole era it was such a weird time to jump into x-men stuff as a young reader yeah was and that
3: was that when you first discovered the x-men i mean i was thinking of x-men beforehand but like my first like okay now you can jump into the x-men when i started in comics was like you know 2012. so yeah. you know i skipped most of the main stuff and by that point Lemire's jumping on point was just in humans versus x-men And i just didn't care about yeah and humans definitely appreciate it. and it stayed away from most X-Men books except for like you know rereading or reading for the first time the Reminder X-Men and the stuff. you know Hickman's was kind of my jumping on point to finally be like oh this is my run mm. um, yeah. 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 I, I, That's yeah astonishing man I didn't actually know that yeah because I jumped in like since 2012 so by that point you're like there's not much good left because Ben this is like halfway through Mm-hmm. I'm to my because I can inspire like,
2: them. Yeah, because
3: yeah,
2: Twenty twelve. <laughs> like you know, twenty twelve. Like, yeah, was mainly AVX and an AVX aftermath. Yeah. and then right. Yeah,
1: which okay. I'm actually going to tell you guys. I recently did a read slash reread of the entire Avengers vs. X Men event on Marvel Unlimited. I read the whole thing. I read all the tie ins, and um, it's actually pretty good.
2: Yeah, I don't, I not hate it. I like it. I have the hardback of it because that was my first, like, ex, big X-Men event to be, like, a current reader of.
1: Yeah. I don't hate it. I remember, I remember selling those when when we were at ac Hastings together. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you're, you're right, after after AVX and AVX Consequences, Cyclops' uh, status had changed so drastically in the Marvel oh. Universe, uh, and then Beast started down his road to what appears to be villainy now in X-Force, uh, and bringing the 05 the back, or up to the present day. Oh, I future.
2: forgot about that! Man, they stuck around for forever.
1: They did? Yeah. And I really wish that uh, they, uh, they had... Gotten a
2: better ending to their story because God extermination is terrible, man. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Yeah, that's my biggest fear with this run because I. So I'll be honest. Even though I haven't been like loving the Hickman stuff, I kept waiting for something to happen because in my head I had faith that something's going to happen that's going to make me force me to dive back into all these X issues, and I'm going to love it again. Because again, House and Powers was a phenomenal start. Uh, like it oh, was, absolutely. it is. It's for me personally. I don't put it up there with like the first arc of Morrison's run. But as far as like all time great jumping on points to X Men, it's I, to me it's like top five.
1: And, and I, I would put it in the, one of in the top ten greatest X stories ever. I would put it in the same company as Days of Future Past, Dark Phoenix oh, Saga, wow. Demon Bear Saga, etc. <laughs> I
2: I dug it, but at the same time, it's like now it's that weird thing of okay we well had that and then you like we mentioned you have the first like next few issues which are all world building and expanding and bringing everything together and then once you start getting to the X of Swords stuff it's like okay it starts off really strong and then goes into a wacky direction that depending on how you feel about <laughs> yeah. that era of X-Men which,
1: which I, people either love or hate and I <laughs> love X yeah. of oh Swords
2: and, uh, and then you go into this weird era where it's like every issue was basically a self-contained story pretty much until the uh, until the vault stuff I want to say
1: yeah, Well the vault the vault stuff was like four 13 and 18
2: was it okay yeah I get them it was
1: it was a three issue story told across multiple 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 issues like there, it was not set as one story which is again really unfortunate because the vault story is easily the strongest story from from Hickman's X Men run, and it's almost impossible for a, uh, a casual to actually get a chance to read it. Also, what the hell happened with Brew becoming king of the brood?
2: Yeah, I, I've been asking it for yeah, for, I guess for like, years now. Has to be yeah. I I I don't know that w- that seemed like a very important plot point that has not even been mentioned. Uh, period.
3: Evil Golden Girls.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The hort- horticulture.
2: Horticulture. Um,
1: The greatest
2: stupid concept ever. Yeah, well... It's it's amazing. And all this shit was, like, in the first six or seven issues.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it never got touched again. Uh,
1: I will say this. I would not be surprised if Gary Duggan brings back King Brew, because so much of his first two X-Men issues have had to do with the with space and mm. specifically with like aliens taking bets on what could possibly destroy the earth and the x men just kind of naturally responding to these disasters also i guess so
2: i i guess apocalypse really did just go off to the other place pretty much just,
1: oh yeah yeah no 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 he is 100% off the board he is uh help, helping out genesis and and being king of, I going to say king of Iraqo, but I don't think they actually went to Iraqo. I think they're in another place.
2: Oh so, yeah, he's just yeah. he's just hanging out there. Like that's the problem where so many of these things that we're like, oh man, it's going to be sick when we see the finish of the story. Turns out that was the finish to the story. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I guess Brew being coming king wasn't the cliffhanger. It's just oh, he becomes king. Apocalypse goes back to his wife.
1: Uh, I think it's because we're spoiled.
2: Yes, man. I
1: don't well, it's, it's the, uh, the eternal second act of comics, you know? The, sure. the idea that well, uh, but this there's was never a, really an ending.
2: There's never an ending, but this was like a second act of a second act of a set. Like, normally that applies to, like, oh, man, we read Morrison Batman for five years, and then we got, you know, Snyder Batman, and, man, it feels weird going from one another. This is within the... It, it, it would be like if, you know, fucking Death of Batman, you know, instead of ending with... Uh, or, fuck, it would have been like, no, but even better, it have been like, if that first issue of Detective Comics, when Joker got his face cut off, if that was just never addressed again. Right. If that was like, oh no, that's that was the ending of that story, he got his face cut off, and now he's just wandering off somewhere with no face. That's just it. Because uh, that's what it kind of feels like, especially with the Brew one, like the Brew one especially. Mm-hmm. Like that one's because that one, again, was the ending of an issue, clearly felt like a cliffhanger. And I next issue I was I will not forget that going to the next issue excited to see what happens and it being whatever the fuck was next.
1: I don't even remember. <clears throat> yeah, I have no clue. Probably then, fucking horticulture or something.
2: Do we? Did, I see. I don't even know if I'm caught up because I'm trying to think if we ever learned. No, we have What, like, what was Charles inciting the incident to make him into this current version? Really?
1: Well, my again, no, no, we do not have an actual answer to that, but. They did kind of – Charles Soule kind of set up amoral Xavier in his Astonishing X-Men run that Matt Rosenberg took over just before the relaunch. It brought Xavier back from the dead from from his death in AVX. Um, it had him kind of – he took over Phantom X's body.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Phantom X sacrificed himself so that Xavier could have a body and I think uh, some of his amorality kind of – Merged with Xavier in the same way that Onslaught was created. Um, so you had this kind of amoral, my dream at any cost, or, or you know, mutant, mutant kind at any cost, Xavier. Um, that seems to be a natural, the, the, the current look at Xavier seems to be the natural extension of what Soul was building up to. But also, I don't know, I can't honestly say if Hickman read those issues, if Hickman gave a shit about those yeah, issues. I also
2: the gala fucking didn't matter
1: man i i uh, i i I, I hated the gala i'm i'm sorry i i don't man. that was adorable um i i am yeah i i was ultimately very disappointed with the gala especially because so much of x factor's final issue was devoted to gala stuff and then had to, had to again, very quickly wrap up what was supposed to be some clearly long-running plot lines. Also, another uh, thing. Okay, oh, good. Sorry, Matt. No, go ahead. Uh, what's the deal with the storm,
2: and why did we spend five giant-sized issues and hence a storm story arc that still has nothing to do with anything? Yeah! Not to mention uh, all the extra... Sl- so that
1: that i just not reading Derek because I haven't cared that much. The uh, only thing I can think of is they're... Playing with that in recent issues of Sword, where Storm basically Storm has become uh, the mutant presence on Araco and Araco has declared itself Mars has declared itself the the point of contact for our solar system. So okay. I think what they're doing is they're building up. That was that was all built, built towards building up Storm into somebody who could basically rule a planet. Cool. Just trying to try and figure out what that was about. So fair, totally I, I, fair. Because again, point. I don't think it's ridic- I don't think it's ridiculously clear. I think it's something that you kind of have to, again, have read literally everything and put together the uh, the, the puzzle pieces for. Much like uh, back when Colby was uh, tracking um, Jared Leto's schedule to see when the, the next Joker appearance could possibly be, uh, which could be very soon. For all we know, yeah. oh. that's true. You Even know. the recent air cut stuff—I'm not sure you guys have talked about yeah. So far.
2: Yeah, well, yet, we so. haven't. No, we haven't really talked about that much. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're still catching up. we don't worry. We're still.
1: <laughs> oh, this is going to be a long ass show, dude. We this we we've, cool. we've barely hit Actually. Substack and X Men. Oh, sick. Okay.
2: Yeah, no, we.
1: Got, so we got. Is, so what's the, the what's the latest uh, air cut rumors? Because last I saw, air was like, I don't want anything to fucking do with this anymore. They Stop not talking to me about it. Photos recently of stuff that was supposed to be included in like
3: the original ending information
2: yeah. we might know what I'm talking about yeah so yeah, air had that big uh, he had the big like twitter post where he was like hey this is why I'm not giving up on this movie happening Bob will, like talk about the whole story of it and his original idea and his original cut and talked about all that and of course the obvious biggest thing being like his cut legitimately is finishing the can has been done for years Whatever, but yeah, though he's uh, he's just gone into more and more depth on what happened, set stuff being released, photos being released, how different it was going to be, and I think what really spurred it was, and I do get, get where he's coming from. On this, like that first week that James Gun Suicide Squad came out, every article was comparing the two, and he had essentially started. It started with him going like, "Hey guys, I, you know you can talk about a piece of work without having to shit on m- me," essentially. Right. And that turned into him explaining the whole situation, and I think really reignited him in a big way to be like, hey, that's not my fucking movie. The one movie you keep on talking about to be me is not the movie that I made. That's the movie that was cut up by 500 other editing teams, uh, you know, seven months after I finished shooting and finished editing my cut. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's just gone into more and more and more depth, and I, I'm curious to see if it. If it might with the recent Suicide Squad stuff, I wouldn't be knowing how little DC would have to do to, to put it out. I right now I wouldn't be the most shocked if it were to hit HBO Max.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm really surprised that after the the um, fervor over the Snyder Justice League cut, uh, if they have even another film that could uh, that could spark that same. Fan base that could spark that same passion yeah. that they don't have to spend any money on because they did have to spend money on the, the Snyder Cut. Uh, it is it is kind of curious. Then again, you know, I, I, I've mentioned this before. We we are beating the blood-stained concrete where the dead horse used to be oh, yeah. at this point when it comes to the to the Air Suicide Squad film. Which speaking of, we haven't even talked about the Suicide Squad film.
2: Oh, yeah, it's fucking good. It's, <laughs> it's a movie.
3: It happens. Anyway, um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, no, I love the movie of Passion. Actually,
2: I've seen it twice, oh, no? so I no, just I like an asshole. I'll um, be honest, <laughs> I've seen that movie way too many times. Right now, yeah, I fucking. Uh, and, uh, it, it is got a... me to
3: repeat Cobra Volume One. So, oh no, nice. oh man, I love Cobra so much too. I mean, I'm waiting for my
1: shop, uh, Acme Comics, by the way, um, to get the next volume in. So, I have all round five rounds. I'm desperately waiting for uh, Michelle Fifa to put out round six or to do whatever he's going to do to keep the the trades going. Because for a while there, it was an Image book, and then yeah, it was. for whatever reason, it's like six issues of Image, and he was like, "Nope, I'm I'm not doing this through Image anymore." And he just went back to his uh, to, um,
2: uh, Ber- street. whatever street. I yeah. just remember that was one of the weirdest books I bought. That was, an are you were talking about how great Cobra was back in the day at Hastings? Like yeah. that was like twenty, yeah, twenty eleven, twenty thirteen. I don't, somewhere in there. And uh, I remember going and it was a literally going back to the newsletter, basically buying an issue through his like personal newsletter shit and mm. through his personal stuff. And I remember like, oh no, like, that's so the only like issues I had at Cobra for a long time were like the most random shit of just like oh whatever came out and I remembered to check his site while they were available
1: right yeah, yeah and for, a, for a long time it was really hard to get the rounds to yeah. the, the collected traits
3: yeah I remember that because I enjoyed Suicide Squad so much I wanted that same like indie quirky energy because I feel like Gunn killed it and i oh, rather yeah. never see him go back to Marvel again unless the finish you
1: know the, Mar- the Marvel stuff obviously yeah. Gonna... Well, I mean, I, I, I really, I can't, I can't imagine Guardians three without him though. He's exactly. he's not invested so much personally oh. into Guardians. Yeah. No. I want gonna...
3: that I just rather know anything else, you know.
2: Yeah. But well, I think, gotcha. to all accounts, it kind of sounds like he's going to be pretty much done after that because you have, you know, they've, him and DC have all but confirmed that he's got like a couple of DC projects in the pipeline now, and I, I know Batista's talked about that he after they film after this filming of three and the holiday special he's done and guns hinted pretty heavily that he's finished after that too. Yeah. So I, and the, I, the big I
1: can't imagine them not being, I mean, you know, th- three and out for, <laughs> uh, for guardians feels, feels pretty strong. Also, um, Chris Pratt's star has faded pretty precipitously after guardians too. So it may, may, be the best, the best thing to do. Um, yeah. Is to, to just maybe all rearrange I'm... and have the Asgardians of the galaxy or something, and, and yeah. you know, kind of refocus that property after Gunn has had a chance to tell his, you know, the big, the big ultimate story that he wants to tell. All, Which, all... What I understand it's like really Rocket centered. I didn't realize that until looking back on them. So, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Rocket is definitely Gunn's point POV character.
2: All, uh, all I care about is Batista really wants to play Bane, and Gunn keeps on talking about him. he wants to bring him into DC. And uh, if he's making more projects, I would. If I'm just saying, may it suicide squad make a secret six
3: uh, or they'll fuck with Colby and give him secret uh, give him killer croc or some random character. Yeah, I'll take killer croc, I'll take it.
2: Uh, well, that's another. I'm I really want to know the behind the scenes of uh, the current of this suicide squad because I again, I fucking love it. But I, uh, I, the one thing I know everyone's talking about, I do, I, and I agree with 100%. I love, so I fucking loved Bloodsport in the film, but I would bet all the money in the world that that was originally continued Will Smith's Deadshot.
1: Of course, yeah, oh, of course, absolutely.
2: Like, that was, uh, to the point where I'm wondering if they literally re- if, I wonder if Idris Elba would originally cast as Deadshot until they were like, if there was maybe some decision, Oh, you know what, we'll we'll keep Will Smith just in case he does, if, he, if we do want to bring him back as Deadshot. Because it was like that's the only thing about that movie, and literally it's not an issue, but it took me off guard with the first little bit of that film. And Gunn does again; he's a brilliant fucking director and writer, and everything he does in it. Because, the, like, the Peacemaker joke about him being a carbon copy character in origin story wise kind of deflects Mm-mm. you from that, right? Yeah, in like a fucking genius way. Uh, also, i like now I'm I was wondering how they were gonna do a Peacemaker show. I'm very excited for the Peacemaker show now.
3: Yes, same. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. But I'm also excited about another show that we can talk about after this. So. Oh, hell
1: yeah. Oh, um, I, th- I think I know what you're going to say, so I'm very, I'm very happy here because I'm just talking to anyone about that, really.
2: Can I uh, so. also? I, I do want to say with uh, Suicide Squad, so we don't gloss over it too much. How can we talk <laughs> a little bit off mic about like, kind of some of the way that like Black Widow is made and how a lot of big superhero movies have been made here lately? Which no shade, I do not mean shade or any kind of disrespect to like how those processes are made. But I will fucking say it was very nice to see a superhero film where uh, all the action made sense to each and every character and it built up one another and where the final fight was a a very well-earned big fight that wasn't... It wasn't Suicide Squad fighting them uh, basically Dark Mirror version of themselves. Right. And I fucking Um, appreciated the fuck out of that.
1: I want to say, and again, not to... I mean, we literally just talked about how you... it's not necessary to shit on the haircut, but it, it, I did find it fascinating that, honestly, power level wise and and threat to the world wise, Enchantress and Starro the Conqueror are actually of a kind. Mm-hmm. But but I bought the Suicide Squad being able to take down well. Starro in a way that I it didn't work for me in. The first Suicide Squad film with the Chantress. it did that that final fight never never gelled for me. I didn't I didn't buy that this group of, of anti-heroes, this group of protagonists, could take out that villain in a way that Gunn sold me on how this group of of, of protagonists can't call them heroes. No. Uh, this group of protagonists was able to take out Star of the Conqueror.
2: Oh yeah, well, and that's where it gets into weird shit because then you have like the going back to what Daniel was talking about the original cut it's it's so hard to even call it like you know call air suicide squad that because if i remember again it's been man it's been a minute now but i do know the the end like the entire ending was like very 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 different it was much more of them fighting joker than them fighting enchantress
1: yeah, that makes sense. I remember some I remember some of that, So you had the scarred up Leto Joker wearing the tuxedo, yeah, uh, throwing grenades and, and firing, I think, a Tommy gun.
2: Yeah, Enchantress was like a... I don't even know how much of it was. That's one of those things where I'd have to go back and re-look through, fucking talk about years old stuff now. But uh, yeah, I, I do know the third act was much more Joker-related than it was enchantress focus and Enchantress was more... I know that I do remember the sky beam was completely added in. Cause that was a big thing that he had a problem with too. Right. It had another generic sky beam, and that was one of those things where they added it, and it is what it is. But it does feel good to have this Suicide Squad, and yeah, I fucking loved and loved the shit out of it. It's definitely my favorite superhero film. Uh,
1: and okay, I would
2: say I, since Logan for me probably.
1: I gotta say, and as someone who really has appreciated and enjoyed Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um and, and very much appreciated her dedication to the character. Yeah. This was this was the first movie I loved.
2: Margot yeah. Robbie's
1: Harley Quinn. Yeah, I agree with that one.
2: It, dude, it is bizarre that she has so she has played the same character for three films now. She has had a heavy role in each one and like how the characters portrayed. And every portrayal is shockingly different, which for the character kind of works, but also is just
0: well, weird. It's also,
1: it's, but it's been a, it's been a growth of the character too. She has evolved the character. You know, in the first movie, it was absolutely the nineties animated series harley quinn and that she was absolutely obsessed with the joker yeah in the second one it was the ptsd of having gotten out of that relationship and in this one the, the <laughs> suicide squad she has she has come into her own she is her own person i don't think she even mentions the joker once. she still has the tattoos but yeah. she uh doesn't she doesn't have the sentimental attachment to the daddy's little monster shirt as a for instance from yeah. Birds of pray she she is very much her own character and when she finds out that flag and T and his had built you know changed the team's mission to rescue her 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 emotional response to that someone actually caring about her is like that is that is the moment for her, her character in the film she so, she yeah, finds out that she doesn't have to be alone that she that she does have you know all, all right. of these support groups behind her, but also hmm. can be alone when she needs to be. She's she's become a complete person by the end of this three film arc.
2: I want this is also weird. This is the first one where I bought her is actually crazy.
1: What was the what was your choice? What, what, what was the <laughs> that, I'm just curious? What was the moment that, that uh, just uh,
2: throughout the s- movie, just the way I kind of think her as like being the lead. I, I do think birds and this kind of like she can work, but it's like. She never came off as crazy to me in, in Birds or Suicide Squad, the original one, I guess. That's fair. This one, uh, between probably specifically the rooftop scene, uh, the date scene, how they how they portrayed her mania during moments of extreme mm-hmm. violence, all that, like, and even even that scene there of like her response to it being a very illogical way to solve the problem of someone doing something nice for her. Right. Uh, all through that, I just yeah that was fun to me I did love uh I honestly going back to it, I don't think I felt bad for it. I did kind of wish we would have got more uh, boomerang because he was such a standout in airs uh the that, was, that was
1: the biggest there were two major shocking deaths for me boomerang was the first one and flag was the other one yeah because yeah both of those were like you that that took my breath away that he he had the balls to like honestly there was a point in the movie where I was like is Margot Robbie done playing Harley
0: Quinn Oh yeah,
1: is, are are we are we going to actually see like a, a TPK a total party kill on this or, or is is this a wipeout because that the, between first you know boomerang being taken out in the opening credit before the opening credits and then when flag got stabbed I was like okay gun really has you know taken all bets off this is this is so far beyond what a movie would generally be expected to be allowed I was I was so completely impressed by that
2: yeah also uh, this was also my favorite portrayal of Waller yeah Waller was great yes I fucking like uh, fucking loved Waller in it I loved uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of who was uh, trying to get a big standout once for, oh, I, more. the entire cast was like just fucking stellar I uh, yeah. I do love Gunn's current fascination, though, with like, hey, I'm going to take a giant uh, celebrity and just make sure he says as little as possible. Yeah, <laughs> I did uh, that. That was fun. Be yeah, I loved uh, the King King Shark was aw- honestly great. I was really surprised how much they dwelled into his like possible godhood and be connected to kings and shit. I did not yeah. expect that.
1: Seriously, that was uh, that kind of took my breath away a little bit. That they were like, no, the king's actually a royal title. Yeah, that was like holy shit I, I'm really but the, but they also didn't you know, they didn't dwell on it so much as they were like no this is actually a part of who this is and he's also going to stand around with a finger under his nose saying and, fake mustache
2: yeah no no. The my favorite fucking thing cause this is all going back to things I've complained about for fucking years with every hero movie the fact that they never for once overdwelled on like a, a character's backstory or origin or how they got their powers or oh, yeah, why they had their powers like got some like every no, because the, the closest you get is Ratcatcher's
1: backstory, and that is played for emotional heft, yeah, and to establish the the relationship between her and Bloodsport, and that's
2: it. Yeah, you get like a little like you get a perfect amount. You get a little bit of little bit of King Shark, a little bit of Polka Dot Man, a little bit of Peacemaker, <laughs> a little bit of all the main cast. You just get a little bit of it, and you get what you need. That's the one thing that this is not uh, like DC Marvel. Everybody's guilty of of doing the like twenty minute flashback that doesn't need to be there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Some people. I saw
0: somebody
1: a, on Twitter uh, point out that uh, Polka Dot Man should have siblings, and that would be the way to get like Rainbow Rider and Condiment King into the movies. Crazy oh, cool. Yes, is yes, and crazy and cool, yes, yeah. this is cool.
2: this is a weird thing. I feel like we got the first actual cameo in a superhero movie forever. Because
3: oh yeah, we did. I point this out
2: to you. Yeah, because fucking Calendar Man is actually there, but not like the what we've been yeah, he's getting.
1: Just, he's just there. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, Sean Gunn, it was Sean Gunn's uh, being allowed to be on set. Yeah. Uh, as, as opposed to just being, you know, the CGI cover creature, which it's, was delightful. It's amazing. Yeah, it's I feel
2: like every, because the past little bit, like the past, well, I don't know, five years of the hero films, because they realize how much fucking every character can be worth feel like i'm like oh we got a cameo Like it's not a fucking cameo if someone comes in says their name and sits down right that's like i guess i guess it kind of is it's like no it was, it was cool to be like it felt like the first time like when you saw i i don't know going back to like 2009 or 10 kind of level of like iron man and, and batman and shit like that where you go like
1: oh they mentioned that that's that no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally gonna. I'm totally gonna make this so much older. Go back to my childhood and be like the absolute pants shitting glee of Val Kilmer's Batman saying, "Circus must be halfway to Metropolis by now."
0: <laughs>
1: or Spider-Man Two with Doctor Strange in a newspaper.
2: Yes. Yeah. Mm, that's fair, dude. That's. It's yeah, I like that because yeah, you keep it simple because we've gotten so. And I get why because again the connectivity of the mcu has been its biggest strength so i get why we do that but it is, it was refreshing to be like oh yeah this world exists but we're not going to really pay attention to it it was just like the world exists we're here we're in it we're going forward
1: Mm-hmm. Which I I feel like I'm not gonna call it a Suicide Squad, but yeah. I feel like that Suicide Squad film attempted like yeah. they really wanted to do that with the idea of the asylum and black gay prison and uh, and and the idea that there were there were other inmates in these other rooms. Yeah. But but they, they didn't quite succeed, and then also like you said, tried to be a little too Marvel, having the uh, the Flash cameo and the the Affleck cameo. Um, whereas yeah. again, this one, yeah, it's literally just oh, Sean gun got to spend a day in makeup and uh got to have a a joke a one-off joke where he didn't have to sit around the set covered in tennis balls going
2: yeah yeah, yeah." (laughs) you know fucking weasel and also again i was not shocked but i think that's a the one thing i'm sure james gunn appreciated it was refreshing to see like james gunn's real sense of humor come out again
0: yeah
2: like the fucking the one that got me early on was again it's in the trailers too but really seen in a film like man just knowing disney would never let that happen when it's a, the little line about nah he's harmless well he's not harmless he's he's killed 27 children but yeah. relatively i was like that's a, again that's a joke disney would never fucking let even in the first draft
3: it's, yeah, it's the most unhinged I've seen him in a minute with stuff, and I was so excited.
2: Oh so. yeah, like there were there were so many, and just like oh. little nice, t- and also I will say it's one of the best looking superhero films in Forever Two. Like it just, oh so, yeah, the CG so like far. I know I can be very critical of CG, and outside of like <laughs> two scenes, it was like wow this looks great well,
1: what, what i really loved was the especially on the um the, the 60s footage of the first capture of starro was that the, the starro babies looked fucking claymated yeah. and that was such a smart subtle touch and i'm going to say something this is actually going to be a little controversial i feel like but I, I genuinely feel this way i think gunn might be a better writer than he is a director
2: Oh,
0: for sure. And he's,
1: and he's a hell of a director. But honestly, just the way that he juggled story and theme and plot and the way the movie, you know, the, the, the pace of the film. I know a lot of people say the film's a little too long and that Harley gets her own little mini-movie in the, in the middle, but I, I don't think those are yeah. false. I yeah. think I think they're, you know, a feature, not a bug. And it's all because James Gunn, between... Like you said, Slither, and then I'm a huge fan of Super and his Guardians films, and this one just proves that, that this guy has a um, yeah, he has he is a master storyteller. He knows <laughs> how to write and pace and thematically underscore a story in a film. He also just happens to be a really talented director on top of that. But yeah. if I could, if I have to have watched a movie written by James Gunn or directed by James Gunn, if it's not both. I think I would actually prefer a written by James Gunn film. Oh, right, yeah, he's a great writer. In that case, this
3: next two written projects I can't wait for, them. <laughs> yeah, Does Guardians 3 and Kaido versus Acme?
2: Oof. We get a lot of shit, and whatever. So, the big rumor right now, and again, I have not researched this near enough, but I keep seeing it pop up. Because, whatever, I know he has, I, think, I believe it's two DC projects that the big rumors he signed on to. But right now, the leading rumor is the Justice League movie. Oh my God! All right,
3: hear me out. He doesn't, but it's just the international. Oh, I do. I'm, I'm down.
1: Yes, one oh, of, yes. You, you, you've made you've sold it even reigns. harder. Like Mostly, I wouldn't care as much.
2: You knowing him?
1: No, nah, let him. Let him have Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 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 doing yes, yes. let that. that been, I mean, at, at best, at best, pull in um, Shazam. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead and let uh, um What's as fuck. No, Sac Yeah, exactly yeah. uh, right. Come over and and he can be the, the big gun. No pun intended <laughs> for for your Justice League International movie. And he, he he's very clearly the most powerful member and is also you know fucking Shazam. So yeah, no, we are we are pitching the shit out of this movie right now, man. This is great. Because honestly, that. I would love that so much. But
2: yeah, no, I would. Yes, yeah. I would kill for that. Like, again, I. Uh, there especially for guns riding disabilities and working with the company, I just feel like after seeing Suicide Squad, again I love the Garden's films, I do, but knowing how much freedom he clearly had in this film
1: And uh, how much of it was at somebody one of the reviewers I watched actually had a really good point. There's definitely an undercurrent of there's an anger to it. There's oh, an anger yeah. to 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 being fired from one studio and getting picked up by so another in I've, there, and I'm glad I'm glad he deigned to come back to Marvel for Guardians Three because there he could he could have and would have been complete within his rights to be like fuck you guys you fucked me over yeah
2: I so I don't know if I buy into this but that's uh, something uh, like a fan theory that's been popping up. Speaking of the anger, was that uh, that that's kind of might even be what the opening kind of symbolizes is him literally killing off a bunch of no name characters. To focus on a new set of new, na- of new no-name characters.
1: Ah, yes. And I... That's... Like, oh, I hadn't really thought
2: about that. That's I fair. Yeah. Someone pointed that out, and I was like, I don't know if that's what he's going for, but at the same time, you he mentioned he's a great writer, and he clearly was very pissed off. I wouldn't be shocked, especially if, if in yeah. an earlier cuts it was much more apparent, maybe. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you... I mean, this is a podcast with Gun that you put out recently, and, like, a lot of the movie as a re- reaction to, like, what happened to him. Yeah. So. I wouldn't be shocked, because, I, see, I don't want to read too much into it, but especially knowing that DC, to all accounts, including James Gunn, that they offered him whatever he wanted, and the fact that he picked a movie about being in, pri- in prison just to get your work done, with a chance of getting out, I and knowing the timing of everything, I do wonder how much of that might be a shot without... Being the clearest of shots and i that could be me looking too much into but it is all around like well,
1: the other the other side of that though is uh, Gunn isn't about John Ostrander <laughs> oh thing. yeah like there's a reason John Ostrander had a cameo in the movie and it's For because so yeah but it's because um, Gunn is a huge fan of Ostrander and of his Suicide Squad run so I mean yeah. that, that had to be part of it too. oh yeah I... we, can, we can't just dismiss that
2: no I wouldn't know, but it's just like yeah it's definitely some I don't know but that's one of those tell-alls where I would say we never get it, but fuck it, if he is done after Guardians 3, we may actually get that story.
3: Did anyone read the uh, who's all credited at the end of the movie? Or am I the only guy that does that? Uh, uh, Raiders? I did not. Yeah, yeah, I, I should have. have. Like, Miller? picked Miller's credits on that thing?
2: That makes sense. That would make oh. sense, because...
3: Yeah, Gun it's really definitely sick. The amount of, movie. like, creators that guy credits for that film. Mm. Okay. Um, awesome. Also, I want to say... Derek, you might hate
2: me, but this is the most refreshing super early I think I've seen in like two or three years now. Um I agree. I, I yeah.
3: agree. Yeah. I Colby and I know I felt the same about it, but this is the I've been more, except I haven't worked about in the first time in forever. It was so weird.
2: So Yeah. It's like I I man, I guess I've gotten more jaded than I thought I did by uh, the current <laughs> outdoor movies. But yeah, go, like when after I was sitting on this couch. Finished watching it, I could not stop smiling about just like fuck, that is the most I've just enjoyed sitting down and watching it begin and end. I think part is also because there's not any strings attached to it. Like I had a ton of fun even in game, I had a ton of fun in game, but there are so many things attached to in game. From cultural zeitgeist guys, twenty plus movies, all this shit, this build up, it was nice to sit down, like, hey, watch this movie, enjoy it, have fun with it, that's it.
3: And now we're about 20 other spin and fan theories about what did you know?
2: Yeah. And also they got to say fuck, which you know...
3: I
1: got to see people's head blow off. Yeah, oh, so
2: I, that's one thing we should mention.
1: Yeah, I, Pete, I, Dave, Pete Davidson saying. got his face shot off and I was pretty okay with that. <laughs> I, I was... <laughs> I was...
2: I was kind of surprised at the level of violence they really let Gunn pull off in it. Mm-hmm. Because, like, again, it's an R-rated movie and DC's now put out a couple, but... The fact that, like, oh, no, we have heads blowing up. We have some pretty graphic moments. We have, again, another thing that I was shocked, not because of gun riding it, but because I guess I've just become accustomed to the fact that, it, and it's the best joke, in my opinion, in the movie, the fact that they kill half the militia army basically by accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a good joke that you know, I'm not the, and I hate fucking shit in other companies, but you know, like, Guardians even though he kind of toys with it out a little bit, you know they couldn't have fucking had Rocket Raccoon gunned down half of a fucking good guy squad and then just be like, oh, my bad. Especially how graphic it was. Like, fucking John Cena with the axe just chopping people <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, yeah,
1: That I think every... I think that is everyone's favorite Peacekeeper moment in that yeah. movie. Just because... Just because of the absolute deadpan look on Cena's face while he is brutally murdering someone.
2: Yeah, Wrong. fucking the exploding... Like, bull- Oh, it, so much of it was, yeah, just, just great. I, uh, I, yeah, I was all around. I, yeah, it's hard, it's, it's one of those movies that it's really hard to talk about, because, like, I don't have any real critique. It's just, like, I fucking loved it. I I will probably, there's a good chance I watch it tonight, because we're talking about <laughs> it. And,
1: uh, yeah. I need to watch it at least one more time before it's, it falls off HBO Max, for sure. Know, this one's fun
3: movie this year since uh, Psycho Gorman which again, oh yeah so very Dude, I watched oh Psycho no it's totally Man. great I love Psycho Gorman
1: the, uh, the little the montage where the little girl is like pointing like do, doing finger guns at people yeah, and yeah. stuff yeah. I, I wish I could find a, a gif of that because I want that as a gif so I badly it says, uh, I don't
3: trust cops um, <laughs> I, I like that gif so much I want that
2: well it has one of my yeah. that movie has one of my favorite jokes in it because it's such a subtle easy joke uh, early in the film where it's him it's like I don't care about hunky boys and just staring down
0: like or, or do
2: I yeah that's a good one that one's just it's just fucking great uh yeah but yeah no so yeah Suicide Squad uh, fucking all we'll keep this going we got a new Doom Patrol trailer we can talk about that hey we got
3: I'm it we're to say what first because I, I can go all
2: hinge I uh I will say one uh there's a fucking ambulance in the trailer we
3: have a fucking ambulance I did not a, notice that. I'm so oh, sorry. That's what I was playing out to me. There's a fucking ambush.
2: There's a fucking ambush. Where I think we're there's about a ninety percent. Yeah, I think it's about ninety percent chance we're getting Casey.
1: Sorry, Jerry. I would be They're surprised not. if we're not getting Casey. Yeah, you know, I honestly. want Casey out. Who could play Casey? I don't know. I don't I want know. Casey
2: so Somebody. Now. A human.
1: Ju- judging from the uh, the the pretty much pitch perfect casting so far, whoever they get will be will be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's just so good I'm yeah. so excited
2: <laughs> I know It's like
1: I just, I'm really hoping That uh, They 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 wrap up Last season Adequately Because that was The one complaint I had about Doom Patrol yeah. Was they COVID Really fucked Their uh, season finale By not letting them Have a season finale um...
3: <laughs> Did
1: yeah. you see the trailer That we're talking about Yes I did Okay Because the opening shot I'm
3: watching right now As we record Just said make sure I'm up to date. It looks like that's the first
1: episode. So it makes oh, yeah, sense. for sure. I'm, I'm yeah, just saying, I hope, cool. I, hope, uh, I hope that it's a satisfying ending because they're definitely oh, okay, continuing see, it. Sure. But,
2: uh, man. Oh, we fucking didn't talk about Brotherhood,
3: did it? Yeah, or Sisterhood, I think it's the rumor. Oh,
2: the Sisterhood now? Ooh, that'd be... Yeah, because I wonder... Yeah, uh-huh. I'm curious because they've, they've done such a good job of juggling like the different eras of Doom Patrol, and I'm really curious. They
1: really
3: have. Yeah. It's shocking. And then there's only, like, some random Vertigo B-sides, like, Dead Boy Detective, like, yeah. what, with David Tennant's
2: kids playing with them? Insane. I'm, the, oh, my only complaint on the show is at this point, point, um, and I know it's probably because of uh, Legends of Tomorrow, but just fucking put Constantine in instead of the fake there's Constantine. Insane.
1: Well, and that's, that's the thing is that um, Badger and I will never be able to remember his real name because he was Badger for that one episode of Falcon Firefly 30 years ago but uh, 20 years ago but he, uh, he, he is actually a, he would actually be a really good Constantine too yeah. just as far as like the voice and the look and, and it's, it is so clearly supposed to be Constantine and the fact that it's not is yeah you're right that's kind like, of irritating
2: that's my only complaint about the show like period is uh, yeah that That's clearly supposed to be Constantine. It's it's weird, because it reminds me of... Oh, I didn't watch the show. What's Castiel in Supernatural? Is that who it is?
1: Yeah, Castiel. Yeah. When Castiel first appeared, he was 100% Angel Constantine. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of this same problem here, except it's weirder because they own Constantine. And again, yes, he's in Legends, but clearly... They're okay doing some weird shit in DC right now. And, uh, I yeah, I just want, I, I don't know, I just, I can't be too mad though, because everything else in the trailer is fucking perfect. Like, we everything.
1: do get finally the brain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Miserable and the brain. I wonder mm-hmm. if fucking, the we get the fucking too. French monkey. Yeah. I want do the issue where they fall in love, the Morrison issue they goddamn well better.
2: Uh, I, um, either that or
1: they should, they should already... Honestly, they should already be a couple in my mind. But. Oh, that'd be great. Oh.
2: Yeah, I... It's another thing where...
1: I cannot believe how... Again, and we've talked about this so many times on this show. I cannot believe how accurate the Doom Patrol show is to the spirit and... Again, themes and ideas yeah. of the Doom Patrol comic—that should—that should be an untranslatable pa- comic book—and yet, episode after episode, season after season, the Doom Patrol television series just dances that line with such finesse. It's—it's it's insane.
2: It is it. Right now, <clears throat> I. This is the reason why I've been fucking sucking DC's cock here lately is because they have
3: at the same time into it,
2: Between comics and movies and TV shows, the fucking shit they are willing to risk right now. And I know a lot of it is because, you know, when you're chasing the when you're chasing the top dog, you're willing to try some weird shit. And I think that's been my biggest issue with the MCU shows. They've all been good. But they all have the same issue for me where they start off really weird and they kind of end up just being, hey, it's a Marvel thing, which is cool. Hey, again, it's good. What they do is, is great. They make great shit. They don't make anything less than really good.
1: I still think WandaVision was a lot more daring than people are willing to give it credit for. I
2: agree up until the last like four episodes, three episodes. I just think the the last bit of again Vision fighting Vision, Wanda fighting uh, Wanda fighting another evil witch ends up setting up you know stuff for future Marvel stuff. And the the, my big thing is again Marvel has Marvel has yet to get past the uh, everything's about PTSD era of comics
3: and all the nails.
2: And that that even might be why Suicide Squad hit me so well. I didn't think that's right now, but it was refreshing to see a project that wasn't clearly like about the PTSD of the snap or some shit.
1: Right. Well, I feel like Wanda's PTSD was a lot more personal and relatable, especially in COVID times. Oh, yeah. And, uh, than a lot of what Marvel has been able to, to get through recently.
2: That's, uh, that's a fair take on it. really is. Uh, and, you know, it, and also Wanda might've been colored differently just because now we're dealing with Loki and, uh, and Loki didn't as much, but especially, uh, Captain or Bucky Winter Soldier whatever the show was called Falcon Winter Soldier uh, the
1: Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah and then at the end it was a Falcon and, or a Captain America and the Winter Soldier yeah. because Bucky's story isn't finished yet yeah that was kind of mm. shitty I'm, I'm gonna say uh, Daniel did you get a chance to watch the first episode of What If? <laughs> no I was uh, busy doing stuff that day because I forget to watch MCU stuff on the on the regular it's really good I just want to really cool. say it was, it was a lot of fun and I liked it I need oh. to
2: animation style i'm not a huge fan of to be honest i I
1: wasn't until i saw it in motion like actually watching the show and seeing it as as a complete show i was really impressed with it the trailers don't do the actual show justice i want to say
2: i'm kind of mad about legit and i'm very excited star wars visions trailer came out it looks awesome i'm very excited for they star wars Vision essentially they hooked up with a shit ton of incredible animation studios that have made shit like uh Kill a Kill, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, Pro Mare, and a bunch of very popular anime. I don't know why the fuck they didn't do that for What If. I, I like the the weird computer animation. I
3: really it looks do. Darren's like an art to me. I haven't gotten to it yet. I I can I can get behind
2: that. I'll have to. I will. I will probably give it a shot. But uh, what's the, what's what's the What If for the first episode?
1: Um, Peggy Carter, Captain yeah, that's America. What God I damn it. it.
2: Yeah, I'll watch episode two. I, uh, it's really,
1: dude, it's really good. Why, why do you not want to watch episode two?
2: I don't one? care about Peggy Carter. I'm gonna be honest. I'm just gonna be honest. I just don't. I I just don't. I don't know why. I can't get by. I can't get into her, and I'm not really into like World War II related stuff to begin with. So her roots and that, I'm already. And Captain. I'll be honest. Captain America, I'm not a huge fan of either. Outside of Winter Soldier, I love Winter Soldier particular that's my that's my Captain America world love I love Bucky I
3: like one round, I like one run of Winter Soldier yeah was, a time in a bigger run.
2: Oh, everything else I'm kind of like everything else is Captain America I'm, I, he's just not a character for me
3: At least the Empire that was
2: cool <laughs> uh, oh my god I, 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 I forgot there it could have been bad you may be on the Marvel versus DC of our normal podcast we're normally very balanced and I forgot we did a on on this one we may not be. <laughs> uh,
3: that's
1: just a wild card, man. What do you expect? <laughs> and I thought we were friends, dude. We're we're all yeah. friends. I can't I can't hey oh, anyway, what um. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh but yeah, no, I'll probably is it how long is it?
3: It's like thirty minutes, I think. Yeah, it's like it's like a
0: twenty
2: second, man. Uh, that's not that's not horrible. That's not horrible.
3: Kobe knows what my life consists of. I just don't always think about watching shows. So Yeah, that's very, true.
2: That's very, that's very true.
1: Uh, back in show mode, so.
2: Here's the problem. I need to watch Loki mostly because Kid Loki's in it, but.
1: And I think the kid who's playing Kid Loki is very clearly having a blast.
2: That's, yeah, that's cool. That's, I'm glad they're having fun with that show. I'm glad that uh, they're doing that. What's next? Oh, we got uh, we got Hawkeye coming up, don't uh, we? Yeah, the only
3: thing I care about.
2: Yeah. But Hawkeye's coming up. Hawkeye's coming up. And uh, Miss Marvel got delayed, didn't it?
3: Again? I think did so. it. I hadn't heard anything. I thought it That's got pushed. It
2: I'm pretty sure it got pushed out of this year.
3: Oh, uh, oh, should they have the April Hawkeye now? Yeah, I, uh... Oh, sick! I'm excited. I, really, I like, I like that run, so I'm very really excited about that one. I just really, realized... I, I like. Uh, what's your name? She was in
1: Bumblebee. She was very good in that. Oh. She was, also really, I also really liked her in True Grit. Mm, I, Haley, Haley Stanfield. Signed, thank you. Yeah. I was like Haley something. Yeah. No, she's a, she's a good little actress. I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with cake.
2: Uh, I I forget. Eternals comes out this year too. Man, I don't. I know, it's, I know it's COVID. That might be part of the issue too. Marvels just. I I feel like normally Marvels is great. Like you get a you get a big piece of cake that you enjoy like twice a year and like, it's delicious. This feels like someone brought you a cake for like breakfast lunch and dinner, like, for a fucking year.
3: But it was stale. I didn't care for it. <laughs> that's how I felt for the past couple of properties.
2: Um. Yeah, I again, Shang-Chi, I'm excited for. I, Shang-Chi? Yeah, that's the first one. That is one.
1: how it's pronounced. I thought it was that's okay because I'm a white American. Sorry. That's okay. That's what everybody thought for the last 50 years. Uh. But the the movie has gone out of its way to correct us. Yeah I was about to Shang-Chi. say. I didn't know if that was messed up.
2: No joke. A hundred percent. I thought I was saying it I've been saying it wrong and until the fucking uh, you can definitely tell they're very much worried about people pronouncing it wrong because yeah all the new trailers go out of their way to be like Shang-Chi in theaters (laughs) like it's a no joke if you watch it one of the new TV ads it's like beginning of and end of it's a voiceover going oh, to
3: Is that it played at work and since I work at a bar? I just thought there was somebody messed up our audio for a second.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that was how I was going to say. the trailers popped up. Oh, well, wow. and also that's a oh, man, there's so that's I I hope I, I mean all the early reviews of the movie are really good and people are really stoked at it, but man, I do not know how that's gonna do in theaters with everything going on right now and all this talk of stuff closing and fucking a lot of theaters in big counties went like i know new york and la went back to you have to have either vaccination card or negative covid test to the movie and this is the first one not on disney plus at all i'm like ah uh, this yeah. could be uh this could be
3: i will see it eventually i still need to watch green Knight. so green Knight's really yeah, fucking same. good apparently it's hitting vod this week so oh fuck i might have
1: to rent it then yeah, I, I think that's how I'm going to end up watching it. I think Lubbock got it for like two weeks, and it was just, it wasn't, a, I've had a, a very busy couple of weeks, and I really wanted to see it. Uh, also, we got Pig, weirdly oh, enough. We do? When is, is was Pig streaming okay. yet? Because I'll buy Pig. I don't, I don't think it's streaming oh, yet. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but I think I read somewhere Thursday. Uh, is when um, Green Knight is gonna hit VOD, and I I will absolutely rent the shit out of that. Yeah, wanna, you want to share that rent uh, combo? <laughs> <laughs> Just
2: rent <laughs> uh, Green Knight. Green Knight. I really liked it. I will say, be completely prepared. It is beautiful. It is very slow, uh, but it is very good. It is. I will say, it is. Uh, uh, if Lord of the Rings is Star Wars, it is. Fucking, uh, what's it, oh, not all, I'm trying now, I've set myself up here. I was gonna say Dune, but that, really doesn't have. Really, that doesn't really work either, because Dune's got a lot of action in it. Hey, you
1: leave my Dune No, There's
2: I love I, I love some Dune. It is, uh...
1: I love Dune so much. You. I love the, I love the David Lynch Dune movie. Hey, that I movie was great. It's great. So that good. movie's fucking great.
2: Oh, okay, a, friends. it's a...
3: It's <laughs> What's we'll, the deal with the pug, though? I don't understand.
2: <laughs> That's, I I got my analogy, boys. Don't even worry about it. If if uh, Lord of the Rings is Star Wars and it's a and Green Knights of uh, two thousand one.
1: Okay, okay, that's cool. a good analogy. That's good. Uh, yeah, I saw the trailer, um, and it was like, is there going to be an A twenty four movie that I actually like? Because it's been a while. What's the last one you liked? Uh, the Witch. Okay. And I will say I will say though. I have not had a chance to see The Lighthouse and it is very high on my list of shit that I know I haven't seen that I need to see. If you're a yeah. fan of the movie Kids from the 90s,
3: I would recommend Mid90s. That was a weird is, sense to spell out allowed, but... <laughs> is that the uh, the one that was
0: directed by... Um... Jonah Hill? Yeah. yeah. I really like Mid90s, but I just was soft spot
1: for when I saw it, like who I saw it with and all that, so... It's a fun one. Yeah. yeah guy fucking that that trailer was really hard. Okay. Like, it, it looks like it would be hard to watch, uh, but I'll give it a shot. I, uh, I will say, I did not really like 8th Grade. 8th um, Grade is, I, I appreciate it for what it is, but I don't love
3: 8th Grade. Yeah, 8th Grade. i have not back to it.
2: It's it's one of those movies that, uh, I, cause I love Bo Burnham, but I kind of feel like if it didn't have Bo Burnham attached to it, it would have not got any of the hype or love. Um,
3: yeah, great, I, I go back to 20th Century Women a lot. I like that one. Mm-hmm. No, it's very good. I, I like Slice plays life films. Um, Colby knows this. It's our yeah. ongoing argument.
2: Um It's true, it's true. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't know, I guess on the top of my head I can't think of a lot of A twenty four off the uh topic. I really again I really enjoyed Green Knight. So that, Yeah. That
3: was I look something. forward to it.
2: And I don't I don't have the same disdain for Midsommar that Derek does.
3: Oh, because it's not the wicker
1: man to it, so it is? does? pretty much uh it's it's the wicker hostel yes yeah. Uh, yeah. Though, yeah. Though, I, though i do really i do really like florence Pugh. now my, my problem with the midsummer is the same problem i have with hereditary which is um ari aster is a dick <laughs> um he's he's really up his own ass and i uh, it just it causes me to have to find and nitpick problems in his film um for example oh no, the sun never goes down here. We never really get any twilight. That's why we have to have um, shades on the on the windows and everything. It's like 10 o'clock and the sun is still high in the sky. Except for the one scene where I need a character to not initially recognize someone because he's wearing some other face. So, oh, it's actually dark right now. Okay, you got me there. Uh, I got me. A you did. Fair <laughs>
2: so. point there, Derek. That, I, I, I
1: still love the movie. And, was... that's, and oh, By the way, there's, there's actually two moments in the movie that I absolutely adore. Uh, when Florence Pugh wins the, the dancing slash running oh, around uh, the pole contest. Yeah. And then also, the, of course, you know, the very end when she watches her boyfriend burning and just gets that slow smile across her face. Those are both beautifully shot, well staged, well done. Florence Pugh is amazing. I really appreciate those. But the the – and I could probably overlook a lot of the problems that I have with Ari Oster's films if I hadn't watched an interview with him where he was a complete and total dick <laughs> and, and and shat on like the history the the history of modern horror um, and and really came off as just an insufferable douche. So He's that that a... that is that is my problem with with those films. No, so, a... all these are valid points. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> He's a colossus. Yeah, on a side note,
0: anyone except for that movie reminiscent,
1: and I have no clue what it is. but Yeah, let's see. it's gonna be on HBO Max, so I'll watch it this weekend. Yeah, it. Really
2: I'll definitely, I will definitely watch. Uh, what the I'm
1: curious. That? I saw the trailer and I was like, I have no idea what this is. I, 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 genuinely, honestly, I didn't have a lot of interest in it until I found out. Oh, it's gonna be on HBO Max. Oh, that's an instant watch. I will yeah. absolutely, yeah, pretty, I will pretty pretty absolutely pretty cool. watch
2: that. Hell yeah, no, uh-huh. that's. Uh, I feel the same. I'm a. Uh, Trying to think, I'm going through the big topics in our head to make sure we're not missing any of the big, big, big boys right now. The
0: comics yet? Like, yeah, we no, haven't no, just...
2: uh, I think that's most of. Uh, Kevin Feige's mad at the oh. new Disney execs. There you go, guys. Uh, make
3: mad. Yeah. Um. Derek, thoughts on Dune trailer
1: wise? I okay, man. <laughs> I haven't got to just to talk to anyone about this, and this is my chance too. I was I was so mad that it turned out that it's going to be a two part film and they didn't even shoot the two parts back to back. That yeah, I was what? going, I
0: thought they did. yeah. Oh
1: no! no. Oh Exactly. No. And and we and be, because of the kind of film this is and because of oh, the kind of filmmaker no. Denis Villeneuve is, I don't think we're going to get oh, part no. two, <laughs> which is really heartbreaking. And and for that reason. I was going to boycott the film. Personally, I was just like, I'm just going to stay away. I don't want to. I don't want to break my own heart. And then I watched the trailer, and I was like, Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm hundred percent in. Humor. That's my only issue with the movie. Uh, but you can't, you can't do a modern movie without some humor. And also, you got to remember: Have you have you read Beyond Dune? Have you read any other uh, uh, um, right, was novels about Dune? About 200 is where I kind of stopped halfway okay. So I've i I'm about in the middle of God Emperor Dune, so I'm I'm, oh, I'm half a book am not, I'm not a a book beyond you and what you have to remember is that Duncan Idaho is so fucking handsome and awesome that yeah. they keep cloning him thousands of years into the future to try to make a perfect baby. So okay, the, fact, the, the fact the fact that uh, he's being played by the fact that he's played by Jason Momoa and Jason Momoa has a charming sense of humor actually works for the character of Duncan Idaho. <laughs> Okay, I can get behind the humor now. I was, just really like, <laughs> I was just like, I was a person of like Marvel movie style, and I was like, oh, I don't want Marvel movie style humor. So, no, I, and I, trust me, I understand that. But for for that character in that moment, it actually does track with who Duncan Idaho is. Now, if if there's a, if there's a lot more of that, and if it's from different characters, yeah, that's going to be too much. Yeah, that's where I'm more concerned. But I don't, I don't get the feeling for that, and I, I trust uh, Villeneuve as a director. That that is not where his yeah, directing be, sensibility lies.
2: I'd be shocked okay. if he uh, if he went that direction. Although we get the new fucking Neil Blomkamp movie and the new Danzig movie for two movies, I'm excited <laughs> about for very different reasons. Next week,
1: I was about to say those are two very different films, my friend.
2: But similar yeah, he, names, yeah. are demonic and Death Rider. So you know, I'm I'm down for both. I'm I will I'll fucking buy. I,
1: I, I will say some of the some of the early buzz I'm hearing about the Blonkham film is not great. But also, I really love Neil Blonkham. I yeah. I love any director who went to the Jack Kirby School of subtlety yeah. and has the uh the, pl- the plot hammer to prove it. Did they yeah. give you a graduation well, Baumgart- from, from the Jack
2: Kirby School facility. I'll be honest. BombCon's got that weird issue of, like, outside of District 9, like, both Chappie and uh, Elysium got a lot of hate, but I fucking loved both of those, so I'm kind of, I feel like I'll be I in.
1: still, I gotta admit, I still haven't watched Chappie, but I really like Elysium.
2: That's,
0: uh,
1: I own Chappie. I haven't yeah.
2: watched
1: it yet. I love, I love Chappie.
3: To with, man. That's all you need to know about. It. Yeah.
2: It's,
0: it's,
3: it's just
2: Suicide Squad. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, and uh, Death Rider, I'm very excited for because it, if it's anything like Veronica, it is going to be worth every fucking penny. Don't forget, Land. Yeah, oh, yeah, Land. We get, this is this is the year of the animal movies.
3: This is the old McDonald year of movies. Boys. It really
2: is. <laughs> we got, a, got them all. I can't take
3: credit for that joke. That was a tweet I saw. Um...
2: It is weird that Lamb and Sweet Tooth came out in the same year.
1: I still haven't watched Sweet Tooth. I I, uh, I need to get into that. I watched watched about 30 minutes into it. The thing is, I bought the Sweet Tooth compendium, so I'm actually going to reread, read slash reread, because I read the first, like, 20 issues um, of the Jeff Lemire book. Yeah, it is. is. It's a very, pardon the pun, it's a very sweet book. Um, I don't think we've actually had a chance to talk about this on the podcast yet. What's the feeling on Rob Zombie's The Munsters? What's the general vibe ah, from man. the, the Colby Cast crew? I'm in. Okay. I'm not a big monster fan. Not from just like I don't like it. I just wasn't exposed to it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, Same. I'm familiar with it. But like I'm also not a big Rob Zombie guy either, so I'm kinda like indifferent to it. Right, I'm just can't out. wait to see a trailer. Um That's kinda of where I'm at. I'm, I'm like let me see a trailer part 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 before I Rob before I make a call here.
2: I fucking love Rob Zombie, I'm in.
3: I, I think I've listened to you talk about zombie non on multiple episodes of the show because I've been stocking it. groceries before. That's right. I love, white, I love <laughs> When I remember, white zombies. Sheets, I remember the episode we just talked about for thirty minutes, and I was like, "Cool, okay. cool, they don't care." I've, met, I've met Rob Zombie. <laughs> he's a
2: nice dude. I've, uh, I've.
1: He seems like a nice guy. He's a nice honestly. guy. For 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 all of his uh, for all of his uh, tendencies. He does seem
2: like a, a genuinely oh, yeah. nice guy, and uh, I I genuinely love all his movies. I don't. He's to me, he's very much in the same category as Robert Rodriguez, where he, they're two of my favorite film directors. And I hundred percent understand why people don't like them, but I fucking love them. And they're also got that weird mentality of like, it's Rob Zombie. I'll tell you right now, monsters, you're gonna know exactly what you're gonna get when you walk in, probably.
1: See, that's what I'm curious about is I'm I'm really curious if he's going to go straight horror. Is he going to go, like, zombie comedy, what he thinks is funny? Is he going to try to make a more mainstream film?
2: Oh, I hope he goes what he thinks is funny. We'll get a new House of a Thousand Corpses. I'm fucking down for that. Oh, gee, sigh of that,
1: that, that, was, that was a sigh of resignation and oh, sadness. Yes.
2: Love House of a Thousand Corpses. again I've never seen it. Oh, it's amazing. It's not good. It's fuck, <laughs> It is. It is the best I Rob Zombie. It. it is amazing. If you like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not here. the best Rob Zombie. You and I both agree the best Rob Zombie is. Uh, Devil's Rejects. On a technical filmmaking level, 100%. On a writing level, 100%. On an acid trip level, it's House of a Thousand Corpses.
3: I take it back. I've seen part of it, but it was because I was mostly focused on a card game I was playing and not the actual movie.
2: House of a Thousand Corpses starts off as Texas Chainsaw Massacre, goes kind of for a Saw film for a split second, then it goes into a fever dream of Alice in Wonderland, uh, and then a little bit of the descent, but I think before the descent. So you know, whatever. And uh, and then it goes back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's over. It's a All it's right. a roller coaster, but it's fucking awesome. Uh, I would also I would also pepper a little bit of Hill eyes in there. Oh yeah, no, 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 that's fair. That's fair. A little bit Hill sub eyes in there. That's that's totally fair. Uh, you know, yeah. Devil Devil's Rejects is definitely like one of those things kind of lightning in the bottle where it's every extremity that Rob Zombie has a predilection for but somehow he captured it extremely well and it's gross in the best way possible where like it just it feels weirdly like smart yeah it just feels like a filthy fucking film but it and also it's one of those rare movies where it somehow makes you fucking care for the literal most despicable people in the world Tootie fucking Fruity, man. For, dude, that is oh, it's so good. It That might also be my... <laughs> make it hate for this. That also probably my favorite Sid Haig performance.
1: Uh, I mean, I haven't seen a ton of Sid Haig films. I do know that he was great in... Um,
2: House of the Corpses.
1: What was that fucking... Um, Corb, uh, yeah, Roger Corman film that was before Battle... It's, it's, it's his alien knockoff film. It's where the lady gets killed by or raped and killed by a giant worm
0: oh oh planet terror. Yeah. No, not planet sure. terror, no 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 no
1: uh, galaxy of terror yeah. no okay
2: do galaxy I, of terror i do love planet of terror also yes Planet Terror is great Fucking hey,
1: we gentlemen i'm gonna put it out here a couple months early so that we can actually get some plants together we need to do something awesome for the month of october we do i agree
3: I don't like holidays,
2: what are you talking about? We're doing a fucking... Yeah, I'm
3: going to throw things at you. <laughs> do it. it,
2: you won't. <laughs> uh, do okay, you my address right now, pull up. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, fucking, he wants all smoke, get over there.
3: I'm uh, <laughs> talking well, about, like, you okay. to you and be like, hi.
2: Hi. Uh, uh, you, you know what, let, let's jump, we'll talk a little bit of comics. I can't even, I've read oh, so yeah, many... comics i've I've talked so much i've read so many comics i'm finally getting oh. caught up god i don't we, know we
1: need to, because i just read the second issue we need to talk a little bit about superman authority i've not read the second issue <laughs> okay well then we cannot talk superman authority
2: we can talk um, we can briefly mention it we can briefly go it's like uh briefly mention from one my boy manchester blacks there also i just want to talk we talked a little about me and derek did or me and derek no me and daniel did uh it is, a uh, it is a uh, complete – it's completely not what I expected, but I fucking loved it. Like, it's,
1: it's really good, and it's also not what I was expecting. I like uh, – I'm not going to – with no spoilers. I like how the team is coming together in issue two. I mm. think um, Morrison does a really good job of crafting uh, – a reason to pull these characters together and I like how they are handling it and um, I, li- I like the-, the use of different art styles uh, for the character introductions as well I thought that was really
2: clever yes it is uh, the art the art um, issue one is great bar art and issue two uh, very fucking good the only comics we talked about we mentioned that Free Comic Day kind of didn't really have any good comics. I mean, it had good comics. They didn't really have any standouts this year for the most I part.
1: I gave right. mine away to people at the shop I was working at. Yeah. So. Uh, I still haven't gotten really anything yet because my comic shop is doing a free comic month. So, like I said, I got, to, I got the Gloomhaven book and I got the Christopher Priest Vampirella book because it's Christopher Priest and I wanted to see what he was going to there. Uh, I, I read the Batman one digitally um, on uh, Oh! I flipped through King Shark. That's when I really flipped through. I had the chance to. I, I read King Shark on DC Unlimited
3: I, before really the free caught. comic book came
2: out. That Same. When it comes out, so. Same. I, I also read King Shark before uh, on digitally before it came out. Uh, it's not bad. It was, it was decent. I feel like no offense to Tim Seeley, because I love him. I do feel like this, like past year or uh, two totally. of work hasn't been good. Yeah, you're,
1: you're breaking up really bad, dude. That's too bad, board, I'm right? still
2: talking. I'm just going then, baby. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> I'll do a solo promo for a while. I don't care. <laughs> uh, uh,
3: Tim,
1: uh, Tim Seeley is uh, definitely a distinct creator. Um, I'm buying my, his uh, his and Sarah Beatty's Money Shot. Um, it is still enjoyable. I've I've gone I've gone from I probably not gonna care about this to oh it's just three issues and money shot is charming enough i'm gonna go ahead and buy their uh, superman lobo book
2: oh i definitely so really will. Good. I, i'm all in lobo right now crushing lobo is fucking awesome uh,
1: somebody on twitter pointed this out and it's never occurred to me before but i actually really like it um lobo has become uh not Bizarro Superman, but the opposite of Superman. That is now how they're treating the Lobo character. He's just, he's this, the, the the reverse of Superman. Mm-hmm. And I kind of actually really like that idea as a take on the character, and it's making me enjoy the character more. Uh, Zadarsky has him as uh, an, an, an antagonist in uh the last ride miniseries and i've really enjoyed what zadarcy's been doing with them okay. i have not read crushing lobo but i will say uh again i'm i'm actually curious what the superman lobo uh bd Sealy miniseries is gonna turn out to be is that going to speak or is that next week i think it's next week
3: yeah i think it's next ah, week okay. uh
2: you know as you know i i recently came up with a pitch for lobo that one day i'm gonna fucking write
3: on those days, you
2: know it really is dude oh my god dude it'll be fucking amazing
3: <laughs> it's gonna be,
2: it's gonna be oh my i can't even spoil i don't want to talk i am not even lying here where i had i fucking had it wrote it down started like taking ideas in and i'm gonna say right now if wrestling or music takes off and for some reason like hey do you want to write a comic it's like do i want to write a comic God damn! Am I wearing a? Oh, I can't say that anymore because someone ruined red hats.
1: <laughs> God
2: fucking a! Thank God. Uh, I wonder if that's why Fred Durst dropped the red hat.
1: That's an actually good question. Um,
2: what, really quick? Can you, we? I, I have got to make a moment because I never thought for that new metal would come back. I don't know why it's coming back. And I don't know come if I'm for because or four.
3: everything comes back, man. Colby, Colby, come on. We're both big fans of Morrison. How do you not think about the my theory? I, now
2: that's true. That's true. But uh, Fred Durst
3: on a constant basis.
2: But Fred Durst's kind of fucking because now he's got long hair, so he's kind of fucking it up a little bit. Uh, hey,
3: this is like actually straight. Zoom
2: I will say it's uh, no job. No disrespect, Limp Bizkit. West Borland, one of the best fucking guitarists in the world, and a brilliant, brilliant man. So, 100% makes, yes. I have the most mixed feelings in the world on Limp Bizkit because, mostly because of West Borland, and also because I kind of appreciate their weird hustle. Uh, and because West
1: Borland was the only talented member of Limp Bizkit. Let's be honest.
2: No, dude, John Otto, a fucking an incredible rhythm drummer. No joke. Like he doesn't get okay, their he is like, he is a, one of the best, like, backbeat, backbone drummers in rock. I'm not just saying that to be con- uh, counterproductive or an argument. It, he's fucking great. No,
1: you're a drummer. If you say that, I am absolutely going to believe you because you will actually listen for shit like that.
2: Yeah, no, he, uh, it's one of those weird things. I will say it's about Limp Biscuit and it's way off topic, but I always respected that from the beginning, he, Fred Durst, knew how to fucking market it because from the beginning, the reason why they were called Limp Biscuit is because he basically didn't want anyone to buy the album that wouldn't. That uh, wouldn't immediately like the music, and that's why like the original names were like Limp Biscuit, uh, Blood Fart, or some shit like that, uh, and like it was nothing but these like horrible, like vulgar names just to basically steer away people they didn't want buying their records, and somehow everyone bought their record. <laughs> I, that's the one thing I don't understand about them. They've got that weird, that weird, like, Nickelback Creed thing where everyone says they hate Limp Biscuit, but the fucker sold 40 million albums.
1: Well, $3 bill, all is
2: not wow. a bad $3 album. $3 is not a bad I won't even lie. I, I almost, again, they know who they are. That's what I was saying. Limp Bizkit never tried to be anything they weren't. And Chocolate Starfish might be the weirdest diss track in the world, and I can't help but kind of love it. it
1: Who's the
2: dissing? Uh, Nine Inch Nails. Oh, okay because you had the whole Starfuckers thing and then oh, oh yeah yeah it was a it was a whole ordeal Daniel was there he knows
1: he <laughs> I, was, I remember Starfuckers incorporated yeah. because man Trent Reznor did not like Billy Corgan
2: he didn't like Billy Corgan didn't like he really didn't like Courtney love but then again who did also now I like Courtney love. <laughs> now <laughs> now. That uh, now that Britney Spears is also in the news again and Fred Durst, can they get back together? Are we going to fully get everything going again?
3: Colby. Dude. I'm, I'm going to buy Genco jeans. It's going to be nice.
2: Awesome. No, <laughs> dude, we may have to. Well, I'm I camo pants like
3: three days a week, all right? Like I'm off with her. Oh, I've I, I uh,
1: I've already dusted off my Sony Disc Man.
2: <gasps> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so for those don't listen who can't figure out, I I came to the conclusion I won't tell the <laughs> pitch of the story, but I will say the overall idea is, and I I no one can convince me differently in every way. Lobo is the Fred Durst of the DC universe.
3: The story is called break stuff. Um, oh, that
2: no, that's the I issue. Mean, clearly, <laughs> we got to have some weird, some weird shit. We got to have some. Oh my God, especially the, the now.
3: Sci- Agent of Shade.
2: Oh, nah. there's a lot of shit we can do with that shit. Dude, we can, we can pump out. I, I Again, I legit do not want to say some shit I wrote down just because I legit, <sighs> if I ever get a story for some reason, this is going to be it. <laughs> I know.
1: I hear you, man. I, I have a Spider-Man pitch in my back pocket that is just going to live there forever. I have an spider pitch.
2: Oh, my nice. God. Dude, dude, I'm bringing spider all the all.
1: girl pitch. So. We
2: got this shit. We're going to. We'll, we'll do it again. It's all coming back. It's all coming back. And and also, as a wrestler, I do feel like that's probably part of it, too. Because whether you love or hate Limp Biscuit, for some reason, their music is perfect for wrestling promos. I don't know why. But God made Limp Biscuit specifically for wrestling vignettes and promos. It's the same
3: train style. Oh, my God, dude. Woo. It's so awesome,
1: dude
2: oh we're gonna yeah
1: so comics
2: <laughs> dude, i don't know now i'm <laughs> on a lim biscuit mode now
1: we're on a whole we, we different may need, thing. we may need to shut this podcast down
2: dude we'll dad vibes is coming down. that new album dad vibes is coming i don't know if donda's coming every album i'm excited for it maybe shit but fuck it they they and they may not exist but oh i'm so oh yeah comics so comics. <laughs> we'll, we'll stay on focus so, here uh cool.
1: Derek, did you read batman 89 by any chance i am I the one that did uh, No, I, I'm actually waiting for those to hit uh, DC Universe. So. so it's actually really good for what it is. That's what I've heard. Um, and it's I'm Sam not... Ham who uh, does write comics as well as movie scripts. So Yeah, the first issue basically sets up what they're going to do. And
3: the whole Two-Face stuff is being addressed. Um, they introduce some characters that I can mention or not mention. I'm not sure what you want me to to this part of the show
1: um, yeah good we've already done full Suicide Squad spoilers um, if you want to go some spoilers Gordon as Two-Face's uh, girlfriend huh
3: yeah and apparently the whole pitch of that is that like Gordon and her haven't talked in years and she now dates Harvey Dent interesting combined with like you know they're setting up the Robin stuff like they're there like teasers um, which is really cool the Batman's really good well done like, I kind of hear Keaton in my head the way it's written. Nice. Uh, the only thing I will say is it's a little wonky is probably the way Michael
2: Keaton, I mean, Bruce looks outside the costume. I'm not sure what the deal with the hair was, but it looks a little weird. Um, I wonder if they don't have the rights to Michael Keaton's likeness entirely.
3: Yeah, I wonder about that because like, it's a little weird response, but it works. It just takes a second to be like, wait, who's that? And then
1: you're like, okay. I wonder though because he's doing work for Warner Brothers right now. He he's is. literally reprised the role of Batman.
3: Yeah,
2: but are they going to pay him? The, we think it is. Yeah, are they going to pay him the likeness rights for a for a comic?
3: Yeah, true. But you know, it's, Batman: 89 is worth checking out. Probably digital for uh, you guys, but I think it's great. So,
2: uh, on a similar note, I read I Am Batman number zero. Oh, what's up? Uh, story wise, not bad. If you enjoyed uh the future state stuff with that Batman, it's really it's really fun, really cool. Art, hm. Mm. Mm. The character designs uh. are decent. The there are no backgrounds. And uh the, oh, the characters the characters oh. are not good. In, I will say the character designs are not interesting enough to distract from the fact that it's always a pelish blue gray background. Uh and that's I, not good yeah i don't know why because it's like sorry that. Mm, who is it fuck i don't know now it's uh it's someone i didn't recognize i know that
3: but
1: so I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say as someone who is completely absorbed in future state right now on dc universe um the first issue of the next batman was great and i feel like it has gone down in quality as the issues have progressed i just read issue three uh whereas dark detective i thought started a little weak but every issue has gotten stronger. That's fair. Which is good, because Mariko Tamaki took over Detective, and I'm really looking forward to following her on Detective after the Future State stuff ends up.
2: It's uh, fair, because me, both me and Daniel got heartbroken when uh, Nick Darrington, if I remember it's only on, like, the first issue.
3: Yeah, I think, as of right now, I'm keeping my uh, like first year? issue and the other three. which the first issue also dropped my buddy Ben, so I've been doing a special cover for me. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's,
2: so that's... Uh, uh, what else did I read that's uh Current? I read again, I read uh caught up on Crush and Lobo, caught up on finally uh no I actually uh finally finished Beta Ray Bill properly because yeah, uh, talk
3: about
2: that? Yeah, so I had uh, I had or is not ready yet. Oh, there.
1: It's it's not finished on Marvel Unlimited, I'll tell you that.
2: Uh, okay, I'll skip Well, that. We we it's very, 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 very good. He uh shoves sort of in bit. he shoves in lots of wrestling references and I I had, like, picked it up and read a little bit of it when it first came out, but I was half asleep or something, and so it was nice to kind of fully immerse myself in it. And, uh, yeah, I love Daniel Warren Johnson. I know he's starting work on something else at Marvel, but he... Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, I saw he... Uh, or I don't know if at yeah. Marvel. Let me rephrase that. He tweeted or... Inst- on Instagram or Twitter, he posts something that he has started work on his next big book. I don't know if it's at Marvel. I shouldn't say that.
3: Well, I mean, i told tell you what one of the rumors was a while back. Oh, I think he mentioned that
2: he was wanting to do a wrestling comic at some Yeah, point. he might, he that, that so, YouTube. that might be it, because he has been, uh, he has I'm been, work
3: that
2: one. yeah, he has been that, and also, I wouldn't be shocked, it's been AEW, before COVID, AEW started teasing that they had a comic coming out, but it, uh, they haven't mentioned it since, but now with things going a little different, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, he might be working on an AEW comic.
3: I don't know. The way it sounded it sounds super independent of uh, any of that. Like it was his own universe type thing. But I would. It all be,
2: so I would be curious because it would be it would be really fun to write because uh, as someone who reads a lot of random wrestling comics, so one issue they all have, they all try to be like, oh, it's not, you know, it. Look, it's Covens. It's oh my god! What yeah. the hell is BM Hunk doing here?
3: Yeah,
2: I got you. So, that would be my only concern, which, by the way, it's all signs point to CM Punk coming back on Friday. Oh, my God. My dick couldn't get harder. Oh, shit,
0: really?
2: I... Oh, my God. If, he, if that man comes back to AEW, or he debuts on this Friday, not only the game-changing moment, but, oh, shit. That, that's... Yeah, so what if, it, if it's him and
3: Daniel Bryan come back,
2: but he's Punk, so they're together, CM Punk. The, they're the big room. I mean... All accounts, too. Yeah, all accounts, AEW. Ha- if the rumors are true right now, AEW have signed Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. And God damn. Mm. If I, get- <laughs> I I've said if Kenny or if Kenny Omega and CM Punk have a fight, uh, unless it's all out because I sold out. But uh, if they have a fight anywhere else, I'm fucking crawling there if I have to. <laughs> and I don't give a shit. Oh, should I call out people now? Do I need to go into care well, While I'm talking about wrestling, go into character moment? Fucking kid bandit. Uh, that's for the five people flying along on Twitch. <laughs> uh, what else
3: has come out that we can all talk about? I mean, that's a good X-Men,
2: question. That's a good question. I've been wanting Tuesday,
1: and two's out. They we're all be there. I was going to say, um, I, I know you guys are like, I'm not going to read this anymore, but did you read issue 2 of X-Men I did read two?
2: issue 2. Could I did not read issue through. 2, no. Wait, I actually... I oh, told well, you need to read it. issue 2
1: because it's weird. I, I wouldn't agree with it.
3: I'll be up until Ickman's uh, run, is over. I'll say that much. I don't know beyond that.
2: I... So I said it with issue 1. Issue 1 shocked the hell out of me how well it did at reestablishing the X-Men and making new villains that made perfect sense for this world. I fucking love that. Uh, like, so I will... Not. I will buy Issue 2 very soon, though. I do plan on buying it. Excellent. One
3: um, uh, issue Issue 2. Oh,
2: fuck, I'm excited. I, I did read... I don't know if you guys... Oh, I don't think you guys did the uh, Azarello Suicide Squad Kill the Joker book or whatever I didn't
1: mean to buy that. forgot to. It's fun. Waiting for it to hit DC. <laughs> <laughs> the universe. It's fun. You're going to hear it. me say a lot of that.
2: I dug it. Uh, it's uh, it's really fun. It's very Azarello, uh, but it's also just very, very fun. And again, I kind of... Uh, I kind of love them turning. uh Oh, what's his name? Wild Dog. Wild. What the fuck? The dude, the Cave Carson's friend. Yeah, Wild Dog. Yeah, Wild Dog. Turning him into a conspiracy head kind of made more sense than I thought it would. <laughs> like. Do you want
1: to read Dice
2: House? Sure. Re- read what? Uh, nice
1: House on the Lake. Or yeah,
2: Water. no, I love House. I Lance read out. the first issue and I did not like it. Oh! Whoa!
1: Wow! Why? Why is that? Hold on. I, I read it. Tw- I read it twice, and uh, I just I just couldn't get into it, man.
2: I'm just that I've heard anyone say anything negative so I was just like whoa this it's is funny so, off mic we were just talking about I, well I guess not just it's been about two and a half hours ago but uh <laughs> we were talking about we were talking about that how Derek didn't like it and it is interesting because that book has gotten like nothing but positive reviews but also I uh, I am I'm more shocked just because it is a very existential horror book which normally you're very into that's the most yeah, surprising yeah for sure
1: <laughs> I, I wish I had a better explanation than I just did not connect with the material at all. Yeah. That's fine. I just wasn't expecting that. Yeah. I, I know. I, I wasn't either. That's why I was. Uh, I, I bought issue one and uh, I was really excited about it. And I, I even read it again. I read it a second time. So I was like, I have to be missing something here. And it's just, I, I just was left really cold by the material. I will say, though, Daniel, I confess to you, Colby, um, and I wanted to tell you as well. And I don't think I actually got it on the podcast. So now everybody listening can also hear this. So. Again, Again, I am completely immersed in six-month-old comics on DC Universe. I'm reading all the Future State stuff, uh-huh. and uh, I went ahead. I went ahead and, uh, with that in mind, I re- reread the Immortal Wonder Woman number one, and um, I really liked it. Anyway, I didn't. I didn't love it uh, at the level that you guys did, but. Actually, understanding the context of what was going on around it when that issue was released, and uh, that it is very much its own encapsulated story and spinning out of what happened—the uh, events of Death Metal—which I also hadn't read when I read *Immortal Woman*. Wonder Woman that makes Wonder Woman sense. The first yeah. Time. Uh, it actually, it, I connected with it a lot more, and I enjoyed it. It's, it was a very enjoyable story. Yeah. I'm looking forward to reading issue two. Oh, yeah.
2: one again, I'm very happy about. It. Two, I really support. We haven't talked about the fact that my dreams came true and Scott Snyder, and we talked kind of talked. About with Substack, but it's a little different. That uh, Snyder basically made his own imprint with all my favorite artists. That's true. Yep. Just three
1: weeks of talks about
3: that when I jumped in.
2: Yeah. So, I for, no.
3: Literally I, all of your favorite artists. Yeah. It's
2: like That's Greg true. Capullo, Zax mm-hmm. involved, uh, Yannick Paquette is involved, uh, Francis Manapul involved. It's like, I mean, it's it's again, it's his group of people for the most part. But uh, mm-hmm. I was still just like, I, I I'm very. His trajectory is so different than most major comic creators that I'm kind of shocked by it. Because I can't think of the last time where someone was literally like, you know, worked his way up to the top, got to the very tippiest top of what he could, and didn't really have a fall-off point. Instead, just said, okay, I'm kind of just passing the baton off, and I'm going off this direction and just completely making my own thing. But I'm also not, like, shitting on the company I came from or anything like that.
1: No, his Absolutely. his relationship with DC is definitely maintaining for sure. Uh-oh. Yeah, I want to read when they collect them if they ever do.
2: Yeah, so, they, so from what it sounds like, I don't under, I don't know how his Substack stuff ties in. I know they're going to be on Comixology, and at a later date, they have announced are being published through Dark Horse. And I think what it was was Terra that what I that Kickstarter he did was so fucking successful. And I think he really, really enjoyed the process of showing people how to make a comic. Because like part of his subsect that he's doing, it's like four dollars a month every Saturday. He does a uh, comics writing class. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just him like explain like breaking down how he wrote stuff, how what he did, and again it's four bucks. And that's one of those things where I'm like, if you're especially an up and coming comics writer, uh, I don't, get on that. Like,
1: just DM me next time, dude yeah so don't don't call me out
2: on my no no film, yeah. well i mean in fairness <laughs> maybe uh, in fairness there i said up and coming you have books out i you know you can you do what you want man you have a new book you have a new children's book coming out pretty soon in fact
1: new children's book and a new comic yeah we've got a uh, a one shot we're right before be, lots of filthy build, words please i'm afraid i cannot allow you to do that sir oh, I, sorry, I, appreciate, it, I appreciate you, it. you asking it would be sick Followed by the they'll be like, "Oh, that's, that's Kids love. Uh, no, <laughs> it's love. figures. Uh, Derek would. Uh, Derek would be very upset with me.
2: Not this. He's not talking in the third person. You should know his. Yeah, I know his, it's this yeah, other story. guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's, just to be sure, I promise there's another Derek. Oh, yeah. It's a situation
2: Yeah, there's not. He's. You know, he doesn't have a writing side that just hates cussing or anything like that. <laughs>
3: I, I was sure was like Warrior timelines versus just 20 different warriors running around and you're just like actually
2: in fairness to, in case Derek listens to this uh, we know you don't hate cussing well, you got kids we understand that man no don't I totally. I'm
1: just being don't worry cool, about
2: that but so. let them hear let him hear fuck every now and then they're gonna hear it that's gonna at happen at some
1: point you just get to yell at come on it's, it's their mom their mom is very much uh, again, again it Oh my. Derek's actually pretty cool god
2: damn that's a big word Derek what the fuck did you just say <laughs> Again it? Oh my god! I haven't heard such a word. That
3: type of alcohol,
1: right? It's in Skyrim or something. <laughs> why, uh, why I, why I'm you, talking like an old man. That's why you're All the right, fucking well, writer. I don't know you got that's
3: a
2: Um, like, goddamn—that's—I'm so gonna have to fucking write that shit down.
3: I'm trying to write
1: comics about that. We haven't. Yeah, I don't
2: do There's so many. Uh, there's so I'm
1: many in
2: Uh. Yeah, what did
0: come almost out?
1: everything I've read has been X Men, so I don't really have. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to really thing to it. say. Uh, Noctera remains good.
2: Yeah, Noctera is still good. Uh, Moon Knight number one was surprisingly good. I know two comes out uh, tomorrow when we're recording this. I'm excited for that. <laughs> uh, oh, have you read
3: Infinite Frontier? Any of you? Excuse
1: yes, me. I like it. That's that's really solid. For a DC, yeah. waiting for it to come out on DC <laughs> and, uh, universe, like the and oh. and I'm really looking forward to it because I've heard really good things. Oh, also, I wanted to say I did read a DC Generation Shattered, uh, awesome. which is also a six month old DC comic book, uh, <laughs> did not and for a Dan Jurgens comic that is basically oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god, what do we do? Generate, uh 5G completely fell apart. It's pretty good. I'm, I really enjoyed it.
2: I know I saw the Dio had a like an article where he was kind of talking about 5G. And the way he explained it, I still have no clue how five G was different than Future State. Like, I have no idea what. was I
1: feel like five like G was actually looking more at the past of the, the history of the DC universe, whereas Future State is focused on like the potential future. I guess so. That was my that was my feeling.
2: See, he, the way just the way Dio described it of it because. It was like, oh, it's, it'll be a thing where all the books time jump like four, you know, like five years forward, and where it's like, okay, it's kind of what we did. Okay, uh, so Weird. I don't know, I don't, but I think you're, you may have been referencing the like bringing older characters. I, I can have no clue. Also, we're gonna talk about man uh, that that Snyder Army Zach, not Scott, may have really uh, ran Jeff Johns a little bit out of uh, out of comics. Holy shit, his, that new Geiger ain't ain't. Causing any kind of pop stirring or any kind of news whatsoever
3: i've heard it's nope. really slow and that nothing has happened before issues it looks really cool
1: that's
0: all i
1: know yeah that's yeah that's gary that gary frank art is is nothing to sneeze at but yeah i've heard mixed to poor reviews on geiger so i uh i'm glad i didn't pick up the first issue if it's Ever is like uh, like a super cheap trade on Comicsology, or um, if we ever get Hoopla here in this part of the world, um, I'll definitely at least give it an attempt to read it. But uh, I have I, I have no interest in that book. Yeah. Um, super random thought I had about the Hickman. I forgot to mention when we are all in the
3: Hickman train. Anyone notice how it's fascinating Tony H- Howard's contract runs out for Marvel November about the same time frame? Is there anything else? Oh, okay. uh, I didn't I, know that, but I'm not terrifically surprised. I mean, not shocked. I just find the timing of, like, boom, 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 all in the same matter of months is just fascinating.
1: Steenie Howard, the for. for From what I understand, Leah Williams and um, uh, Vita, Leah, and Gary Dugan, and a lot of those creators are are still going to be on the Xbox. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, coming, coming out, at least... For the foreseeable future, and the way the way the article set, made it sound like for, is going to be, you know, the only person actually leaving the X books is Hickman. But um, yeah, I would, I also would not be terrifically surprised if Teeny Howard does, doesn't really have anything to do with the X comics uh, post Hickman. I have theories about that. I won't talk about them on the show. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, no,
2: I'm not. Uh... I don't know the rest of the, yeah, comics, but I don't know. Next couple of weeks are interesting, because there's not a ton, but there's a few. There's some cool debuts coming out. Yeah, there are a couple of books I'm excited about. There's actually a new Image book next, I think, well, tomorrow, that I, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, oh,
3: no, 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 no. It's in, uh, no, this week, but next week. Echo
2: Lens. No, that one, too, that one, too. I, I was, uh... Oh, my bad.
1: It's also some Echo Lens. It's like, oh, no, shit. No, it's
2: some, like, weird, noir horror book.
1: Oh, I, I totally... I totally read a comic that you guys haven't that I want to talk about for a second. What's that? Uh, It was an IDW book called Bermuda. And it is oh, a 4 issue miniseries by John Lehman and Nick Bradshaw, which means it is an absolutely gorgeous book because Nick Bradshaw has an amazingly gorgeous cartoony style. And John Lehman, who created Chew, um, a it has a very interesting story. Um, basically, it's kind of an idea that uh, the Bermuda Triangle uh, is definitely some kind of dimensional portal. And a guy's plane gets uh, crashed on an island where there are... Lizard people that ride giant dinosaur-like lizards, and a young girl and a scientist uh, also live on the island, and the young girl's name is Bermuda. Uh, I say young girl. I'm I'm an old man now. She's probably 14, 15 years old. Um, And they've been surviving on the island. Uh, He's been there for like 20 years. Uh, And it's just a really charming, fun little book. Uh, It's – like I said, it's a miniseries, which is good because I don't think this is a concept that gets sustained multiple issues but uh, I had a lot of fun with it and I was happy to buy a product from IDW that was not based on an 80's toy property and again I say that as someone who has bought every single Ninja Turtle book they put out <laughs> I
2: uh what about I that's awesome I read uh Cinnamon which I can't uh, which I fucking love I
3: want a copy Colby if you finished your copy send it my way
2: I have no clue why I found it it was just one singular copy of the shop I was at Bought it? If you
3: do, though. <laughs> yeah, so, if I find
2: it. Oh, that's a good question, isn't it?
3: Uh, it's a new, co- it's a new company called Behemoth Comic Yeah, beh- I'm,
2: I'm trying to find it over here. Who the fuck is it by? Damn it. Uh, I'll have to look up and tag him in the oh. post. Uh but yeah, it's a uh, written written and drawn by one person. It's basically uh, about a cat and their adventures trying to get catnip, but what it's like from their perspective versus their owner. So it's like in their perspective, it's this super high stakes punk spy thriller where it's like they're having a you know uh, having to take it down these giant uh, TNT towers from blowing up and all this other shit. And you cut through life, and it's just them pushing you know glasses of water off. And blowing okay. It. Yeah,
1: I've seen I've i seen a little like a, a jokey like uh, two panel um or three panel like kind of gag like that where it's these two like giant tigers taking on some kind of a uh, horrible mech monster and, and talking about how they're sacrificing their lives and then it cuts to it is two cats pouring water on a vacuum. Oh, that's or like knocking a glass. Similar of water concept the for
2: sure. Similar concept for sure. It's, it, was, it made me laugh a lot, and it was just, the art especially, just really killer.
3: Honestly, that company's got a lot of really cool stuff coming out soon, and I think more people should be aware of them.
2: Yeah, um, they have some cool
3: stuff. They have You Promise You Darkness, which is like a
1: Heroes meets Black and White 90s style comic. Yeah. Sarah, Sarah wanted the, uh, the Scotty Young cover of that book so badly. Um, there's also a Turbo Kid comic coming out from them.
3: Ooh that there's rumors that they're trying to make a sequel a movie but they're also doing a comic book because why the hell not oh fuck but, yeah sure um oh what fuck what's that Iranian horror movie um i gonna watch all the night they did a comic for that oh, oh shit yeah they have a lot of really cool stuff it's got that very like punk edge that a certain company that we all loved before they got way out of hand used to do mm. um yeah, fair 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 so yeah. But, yeah they seem like to be the company we should watch for in general with our kids
1: I think so. There, uh, excellent. I'll, I'll keep my eyes out. I'll see what the. Well, I'll see what stars getting in. But, uh, but yeah, you have um, given me a reason to go check out the the new release rack tomorrow. Uh, here lately, between my budget and just my my personal tastes, I've really just been buying just buying my comics directly at the the pool counter and not really doing a lot of shopping. But uh, I'll I'll poke my head over there see if I can't yeah, find uh, find anything like that.
2: Cool. Way,
3: there's
1: a bunch of tiny little publishers out right now that have been kind of yeah. out lately
2: so I think um, I honestly think that's kind of right now my big theory on future comics is pretty much I think a lot of big creators are going to go the route of Webtoon Substack and things like that at least for the immediate future while uh, a bunch of new pop-up imprints and stuff are going to happen because you have a lot of younger <laughs> talent that uh, are going to be doing that and I, I don't know what's going to happen at Marvel that's the one I really have no fucking clue yeah because uh, again, DC's like between the webtoon stuff. I know you mentioned Marvel has webtoon stuff too, but I guess if they're only in other countries right now, that's bizarre. I'm
1: going to, I'm going to see if I can find that Chris Aaron tweet. Cause I the, believe uh, the, it. That's the, the EIC of news, of uh, news said something to that effect. That, sound, I mean, and, that, uh,
2: that sounds like the, a very Marvel move for them to have already have a partnership, but not be advertising in America. Cause I feel like it won't be successful in America, even though, Mm-hmm. It very much would be uh, yeah I don't know I actually I'm trying to look through stuff I think that for me at least that's most of my com- that's honestly most of the comic stuff without just going months and months and months and months, and months
3: old yeah I think you and I have similar t- like pulls right now we're yeah. to bit. um I'm excited about you're just like yeah whatever Dan you enjoy your corner of the universe but <laughs> um, which is only a handful of things silly class and like Wonder Woman's been really
2: solid. Being really wrapped yeah. that yet. Yeah, Wonder, uh, Wonder Woman continues to be great. I love the, again the art. The change going from like universe to universe has been fun as fuck. I really this issue uh, playing a lot with gender roles. Really fun.
3: Yeah, there's some really upcoming DC projects they announced in the past couple weeks. I'm very excited about. Um,
2: I know uh, Conrad's teased again that he has uh, something to yeah. announce pretty soon. So I'm excited yeah, for
3: that. Yeah, he's been doing it with like these independent horror stories he's been doing.
2: Dude, fucking I'm double a, walker. walker. But Ooh. sorry, Connor,
3: if you're listening, but but I'm just trying to print a copy. It's so um, good. Bro, I'm excited to check out Trimmer 3 this fall. Cause I think they're probably putting it in the print
2: that one. Yeah, yeah. I or I do course. hope. I really hope Double Walker gets some kind of nice printing eventually. Because I, I know with anything's comicsology original, it's kind of a coin toss if it does. But uh,
3: yeah. Oh, it, it I'm is. I'm excited to read uh, Trimmer Dose at some point this fall. This yeah. Fall, so. There's oh, it's good, it's good,
2: it's good. But yeah, I don't. That might for me. That might be it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's honestly that's all I got. And also, um, no offense, guys, I have a, a job interview tomorrow. I do too. I'm going for a promotion at my work, so um, we should probably head towards wrapping it up. Yeah, no, I work? mean this has been. Uh, yeah, like, what are we gonna do,
2: man? We're at like the two and a half hour mark. I don't. I think it's fair.
1: And I'm so so glad. I'm so 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 glad we got to do this, um, man. I am fucking thrilled, honestly. Okay. Uh, Dan, we, we, we tried to do this like three weeks ago, and it, my Skype fucking shat all over me. Yeah, and I've been busy with shows and local music and everything. So yeah, so yeah, Dan. I'm so glad you got to join us for this. Oh, um, I'm really really happy that we're doing this again um as as i mentioned at the top of the episode uh look out for the next respawn coming this weekend Bucket we are, we are committed committed to doing that um i'd like to do another blah blah after that and get like three good episodes out in a row i don't know if you guys want to do it try to do a dangerous human somewhere in there too depending we on schedule i'm sure we have an okay episode i'm not happy with it
2: yeah we have one in the <laughs> we have one in the can but it was uh a very tired Daniel and a very worn out from training Colby. Uh, it talking. One.
3: It's, not, well,
2: it, it's not bad, but it also is not... I will say uh, it is the oddest episode we've recorded.
3: It's the first draft of something that could have been cool, but I think we were waiting for you to join. And so it's just
0: awkward, like, so what do we talk about? Yeah, <laughs> and then again,
1: well, maybe, the maybe this can be the makeup episode. This is the you, guys can, you guys can do an episode for for your show somewhere in there, and let's just let's just uh, focus on on putting out some entertainment, putting you know, getting getting some getting the word out again. Because man, I did not realize how much I missed this. I really truly missed this no. until we 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 locked in and started doing it you guys are great I love you guys you're both amazing oh, thank
3: you so much thanks
1: Good bud likewise
2: yes and uh we also love everybody out there that if for some reason chooses to listen to us even though it's been
1: how every it? single one of you Yeah, it's paid to actually um yeah
2: it's been
3: <laughs> in it so. the checks but I get paid to it's weird that's true heaviest
1: heaviest um, so before we get too far out of the out of the line, you can always uh, talk to us. let us know what you think about this conversation. yell at us for being gone for so long. whatever you want to do. there are all kinds of ways to get in contact with us. You can email us at uh, blah podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. I am at blah blah pod.
2: I am well now I'm at the real Jason way on everything. You want my, yes, my you fucking are. Instagram, my TikTok, my fucking Snapchat, my fucking... The OnlyFans? Oh, OnlyFans on the way, man. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Instagram, shit. Wrestling, wrestling OnlyFans. That's Twitter. actually a thing that should happen. Yeah, every, everything. <laughs> we saw what wrestling was. There you go. There you go. Real real Jason Way on all of those platforms. <laughs> if you don't know why that's, it's Jason Way, You go back. We we we'll talked about it in some episodes. Go listen probably last blah blah or go or go follow me on Twitter and everywhere and it'll become very apparent very easily.
1: We we uh, we have a professional wrestler on the podcast and it's pretty His badass. Dan, what's Dan, your what's Dan. your contact info? Uh, you can find me at
3: Twitter at the christ That's kind of my main spot to listen. We ramble about promoting local music and all types of stuff. Um,
2: so that's, that's basically it. My life is these days is promoting music and working at a bar. So. That's, what get that's that ass. Go uh, go see me. You can go to my Twitter or right now it's 90% uh, shit talking with Nightmare Factory people. Uh, which is
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, fun. Mine, mine is bitching about the Texas governor and uh, very got, soon you'll but, get to
3: you'll get to see me, uh,
1: promoting He's my new stuff. That's got the cough. I don't.
3: I just post random thoughts, man. That's all I do.
1: Yes, but they're awesome random thoughts. I should know. I read them. (laughs) You guys are awesome. Everybody listening to this podcast is awesome. I love every single one of you. And um, like I said, check us out this weekend. At some point, there's going to be a brand new fucking respawn. We're going to talk spawn number 100 and the issues surrounding that. Um, If you're not a big spawn fan, check us out in a few short days, and we'll just talk more comics. Man, when Colby gets tired, he gets sweary and uh, mm-hmm. belligerent oh, and I'm here for it
2: that's right that's right everybody so again thank you all so much this has been probably around two and a half hours of us talking about some catch-up shit uh, thank you again we like Derek just mentioned we'll be back with some Respawn we'll be back with some Dangerous Humans we'll be back with some Blah Blah Comics uh, we were as always in, for the past fucking two years now we would announce places we're going to be but that changes every weekend So, yeah. Again, keep up. If you want to meet meet us in person, or you know, wave at us awkwardly from six feet apart with mask on and everything, then uh, follow us on Twitter. We uh, will be somewhere, probably. We don't know. (laughs) Thank you guys so much.
1: Have a good night, everybody. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs)